Welcome to Rise Smile Films, the film review podcast that mixes cinema with fine spirits. Journey with us as we encounter new, old, and strange films with the occasional dabble into sports and music. Proceed with caution as these podcasts feature spoilers and some mature language. This is Matt. And this is Jesse. Today on tap, we have Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, starring Benedict Cumberbatch, Elizabeth Olsen, Benedict Wong, Social Gomez, and Rachel McAdams. Written by Michael Waldron and directed by Sam Raimi. Hey, we've heard of him before. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't his first uh, walk through a superhero film. No. But welcome to Rice Smile Films. It's time to serve up some small batch film reviews. Small batch just to remind you. So not building a whole cask around this film. It's just a one-off review. But boy, what a one-off film review to tackle the start of the summer movie season officially. I guess we can thank Joss for that, right? Yes, we can. <laughs> Here it comes. Uh, and a big film that's been on our radar for a while, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. I uh, think we have a lot to talk about today. Uh, story, characters, sequel, where this thing is going. Um, but yeah, our anticipation was pretty high, wasn't it? It sure was. I think that there was a lot of noise around the importance of this film and what Marvel means going forward, and we'll get into whether that's actual or not. Mm -hmm. But uh, there's, like you said, a lot of, I think, interesting things to talk about here. Uh, full of disclosure, though. A lot of spoilers, so if you haven't seen the film oh, yeah. yet, do not listen to yeah, this. Probably pause, go watch, come back, pick it back up, because, yeah, we'll be fairly spoiler-heavy. Yeah, this is going to ruin the film for you. Yeah. Excellent. Well, cheers. Cheers. Let's get started. Uh, yeah, we're going back to, this is taking us a while to drink because I think it's like two liters of bourbon here. Mm -hmm. The Weller Green Label Special Reserve. We've had Weller Green. We've had the Weller Red Label, the Antique 107. I really like this one too. And if you can find a bottle of it, uh, you can get this cauldron of whiskey if you prefer. I think it, this was only like $40, but it's mm -hmm. a good taste. Mm -hmm. So yes. excellent. Excellent. Let's dive right into our flight question. Annie Elfman coming back into the to the fray here. I thought this was a surprising uh, partnership. You, Danny Elfman's having himself a bit of a moment right now. I don't know if you heard, but he played Coachella to like much praise uh, mm. over three three days, and he played Oingo Boingo stuff and his soundtrack stuff. Like he did Batman and Beetlejuice and all that. Interesting. But him and Raimi had a falling out on Spider Man too, to the point where most of the music you hear in that movie was done by a different composer. And it was one of those things where I was like, I don't know if these guys are ever going to work again. Here you go. <laughs> that gets to something we'll talk about, I'm sure. But it's, yeah. I think Sam Raimi and the bad taste that was in his mouth the last time he worked with Marvel mm. to what this became. So it's nice that he's back and in the fold and was able to let bygones be bygones, including with Danny Elfman and the Marvel brass, Feige and Arad and all those people. Because Spider-Man 3 and the stories around that are legendary. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of suits. A lot of suits, but yeah, <laughs> including Danny a black one. That, Danny Elfman, he did the music for Darkman, too. So mm -hmm. they go back quite a ways. Yeah, a good, nice friendship that worked together. Yeah. Um, I think Elfman is really suited well for Raimi's type of film because mm. the strings that he uses well in it are so sharp. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of what Raimi does in that horror slant, it's suited for it, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Good flight time? Yeah, flight time. 
I didn't know what I was going to give you until the movie started last night, and then it hit me, and it, it had to do with the coupling of Marvel characters, as I don't mean in partnerships, I mean as in romantically. Yeah. So any Marvel territory will be fair game here. That's film, that's comics, that's story, that's uh, cartoons, wherever you want to go. Okay. I'd like you to tell me what your top three, it can be favorite or most interesting Marvel couples are with a brief explanation as to why. Okay. And we are not allowed to go with Peter and Mary Jane. Okay. Fair. It's just, that's like if you ask the question and five people living or dead, who do you want to go to lunch with? And everybody always comes with the Jesus Hitler and Marilyn Monroe or <laughs> yeah. three or so full. I can't have another bite of food. Sounds good. So we're removing those and we're removing Peter and Mary Jane. All right. That's fair. All right. Um, I'm actually going to go with, uh, and it wasn't until I, I, I wanted to revisit WandaVision a little bit before seeing this, this film. I didn't finish it. I'm still halfway through, but the show does some fairly interesting things. I think we'll talk about in this, uh, episode today. I'm going to go with Wanda and Vision. I think that was a relationship that was next to nothing in my spectrum of Marvel coupledom, but I think the casting of the two of them, and I guess maybe I'm going more for this film counterpart of mm-hmm. Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany. I think they're pretty good together, and the fact that she has to blow his head up to save the stone only to have it reversed and killed anyway, and what she does in WandaVision, which is this matrix-like veil of fakeness to grieve is pretty well done and i i think this film is the last seedlings of that relationship uh and that's interesting because he's a robot right he's a sentient being which you hate so much but they kind of make it work um and i like that i like that it's kind of a tragic love story too good i think that's great uh the tragedy is gonna be a big theme in in mine here as well (laughs) Number three for me, I'm going to go with Mr. Namer and Sue Storm. Uh, that's a little unrequited, as I don't know it ever quite got a fin- across the finish line. Uh, I think Sue, from time to time, is really frustrated with Reed. Yeah. Just because he's such an egghead. Mm-hmm. He's not a mean man, and he's... I love the Fantastic Four, and we'll get into that later in the story today, too. Yeah. But I think Namer offers a bit more savage or testosterone-fueled opportunity for romance. Mm-hmm. Sue certainly has a small flame burning for him. Yeah. And there's been lots of interesting moments between the three of them. I read uh, months ago mm-hmm. through uh, just uh, Amazon, Fantastic Four Annual Number One. And in that one, Sue gets abducted by Namor and his people. But it wasn't like their first interaction. So when he, they reunite again, like it's like the rekindled flame. So even back in 62, 63, there was like a thing there. Yeah. This love triangle. Be, and Reed's like super jealous when he goes down to rescue her. So And kind of for as much as Reed is great intergalactically, yeah. he kind of stinks in the water. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> Not that Sue's much better either. Yeah. But. Well, with Johnny either, I guess maybe the thing will uh, just sink to the bottom. Good point. Maybe they don't belong in water. <laughs> Well said. That group. Good choice. (laughs) Okay. Yours number two, thanks. My number two, I am going to go with Matt Murdock and Electra Nachos. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, It was a real cantankerous one, too. I mean, there's the romance, there's the passion there, but then, you know, when she breaks bad a little bit and she's kind of caught in the crossfire between Bullseye and... I guess maybe I'm going more for the comic iteration, but I think that Netflix Daredevil show did this pretty well too in season two, mm-hmm. the electric uh, component. Uh, yeah, what happens when yeah your lover becomes yeah your your enemy that you don't want to put down? And the Ben Affleck Daredevil film covered this as well, this kind of relationship 
killed by bullseye and the inevitable kind of resurrection aftermath. Uh, Daredevil is one of my favorite characters, and they, they got a real interesting thing going on those two. So that's, that's a good one, Jesse. Yeah, you know, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, that's a great one. Well, Daredevil even had at one point, I think during Civil War, I think him and uh, Black Widow are pretty hot and heavy in that one. Mm-hmm. So he's he's gotten around a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Lothario, mm-hmm. Matt Murdock. Mm-hmm. Okay, number two for me. Uh, this probably won't surprise you. Okay, Spider Man and the Black Cat. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of like my last one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you're not real familiar with Marvel, but you are familiar with DC, it's very akin to Batman and Catwoman. The big challenging, troubling part between Batman and black cat is the consummation of the relationship ends when he takes off the costume and becomes regular everyday Joe. Mm -hmm. So there's lots of images of the two of them, I guess, post-coital. Yeah. And he's naked except for he kept his mask on. Yeah. Just kind of humorous. Yeah. Um, you can leave your hat on, I guess, right, Joe Cocker? Yep. <laughs> but uh, nonetheless, it's frustrating. And the way that she addressed him on rooftop after rooftop after rooftop in my adolescence was something that uh, I begged a woman would address me like someday. And it was simple terms like lover and things like that. Mm-hmm. But I just thought it was hot. And uh, to this day, I still have a special place for that relationship and that particular character, Black Cat, particularly in my heart. They draw her so hot too. Yeah, she's and, smoking and hot. Every iteration I've seen her, or cartoon, or I thought they did a really good job with her in the PlayStation game, mm-hmm. uh, the interactions between her and, and Spider Man. But it's almost that. Oh my God! Here we could go talking about westerns again. That's like a non-domesticated type of relationship. It can only exist in crime fighting world. They could never have a domestic partnership. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't fit them. You know, this is, I'm going to ask you a question on that. Mm-hmm. Who's drawn hotter, the Scarlet Witch or the Black Cat? Because mm. they're both up there, huh? Both up there. Yeah, Felicia Hardy, man. It's just it's, it's so the too. white hair. I mean, it's an interesting look. It's very Catwoman-like. You're right. It's mm-hmm. that same dynamic um, and kind of operates the same way. They're a pain in the ass at times, but willing to help you out from time to time. But then also we got a, this passionate flame burning as well. <laughs> yeah. Plunging neckline, that white hair, the fur, the blue skin suit. Yeah. She just looks great. Great choice. Thank you. Number one. My number one, I don't know if maybe we'll have the same number one here if we do just jump right in, but I'm going to go Scott Summers and Jean Grey. Uh, And I think mainly, maybe I'll go with the animated version of this because I don't think we've seen it very well in film. James Marsden was blown away at part three, and I think this is something they could really tap into with the inevitable reboot of the Mm X-Men, which is... His parents are these like cosmic guys. She has this cosmic power, but they're really good together. And, you know, Wolverine there as the third wheel just makes it more interesting. Uh, this kind of thing that they have to ward off. And she and him were pretty hot and heavy at one point, too. So uh, I'm going to go with them. I think it's interesting. And they're kind of the mate, the, the, you know, people running the school. They're teaching, they're crime fighting, but they're also, you know, into each other as well. One of my big discoveries in Marvel Comics uh, was it's Uncanny X-Men number one, and it's when Marvel Girl, Jean Grey, is brought to the Xavier Mansion, and everyone's like, oh my god, this girl is so beautiful, and Scott's like instantly infatuated with her, but the reason that Charles brought her there was because he was into her. Mm-hmm. Like That's the reveal in like the last panel. Is like, I brought you here because I had a thing for you, uh, but I don't know if I'm going to be able to pursue that since... <laughs> 
they're all into you. Wow. Yeah. So look at Charles Xavier throwing his hat into the ring. Yeah. It's not Moira, Mata- Mo- Moira McTaggart. <laughs> no, he's yeah. a little bit out of his league, I would say. Sure. Uh, mine actually does involve Cyclops as well, but it's not Jean Grey. Hmm. Um, this has to do with the run that Grant Morrison had on Astonishing X-Men, and it's actually Cyclops <clears throat> and Emma Frost. Ooh. There's a manipulatory element that comes into that relationship just because that's where she exists. And if you think about him pairing up with her and undoubtedly pairing up with her and also in the conversation of really drawn smoke and hot, yeah. she's in that conversation as well. Yeah, Frost. The woman that led to the death of your lover, your, your significant, significant, significant other, mm-hmm. your soulmate eventually ends up becoming the girl that you are with intimately and hard intimately. I don't mean, not trying to be yeah. crass. I mean like really into yeah. running the school for the gifted Xavier's mansion. And if you can get past the fact that your ex-girlfriend is dead because of her, how do you square that? Or do you never square it? And she's just manipulating your mind to make you love her. Mm-hmm. That was really, really written and drawn excellently by Morrison and crew at the time. And uh, it was loaded from day one. And I got to tell you, I think for all of the evilness that Emma Frost initially was introduced into the Marvel Universe as as the White Queen. Yeah. By the time that period left, I would argue she was had turned over a new leaf. Mm -hmm. And it was legitimate, not only the affection that she gave Scott, but also her endeavors to pursue goodness instead of, you know, debauchery and brain control. Good choice. I'm going to have to read that arc with, with them together. He did some good stuff in there. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Some interesting choices. Uh, just doing some research, uh, black Panther and storm. Yep. Kind of had, had, had a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, anything for Steve Rogers and Peggy Carter? <laughs> no, but what about, um, Pim and Van Dyne? Yeah, that's interesting. Cause that's abusive. Yeah. That was uh, an honorable mention for me. Yeah, the original Ant-Man and Wasp. Mm-hmm. Great question. Yeah, it's, we'll kind of see how that kind of fits in the fold here because we have Doctor Strange and Christine and some other characters introduced that also have ties, like, spoiler alert, not going to do it here, but mm-hmm. mid credit sequence. So yeah, kind of leads us down that path. Right. But cheers to you. Cheers to you. All right, let's dive right into the Multiverse of Madness. Every night, I dream the same dream. Then, the nightmare begins. I did what I had to do. To protect our world. You cannot control everything, Strange. You opened the doorway between universes. And we don't know who or what will walk through it. Wanda, what do you know about the multiverse? Viz had his theories. He believed it was dangerous. He was right. All righty. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness starts, and we're immediately thrust into just craziness, like, right away. So, 
where hips hip skip jump in through uh different uh portals and stuff and we're like in the kind of in between of whatever the multiverse is the pathway between the doorways with a new character america chavez and an alternate version of Doctor Strange. Uh, I don't know if he has an official name. Strange Supreme, I've heard. Uh, Earth 8-1, whatever, Strange. But it's not the one we're used to. Uh, for purposes today, do you want to just call? It's just to not make it confusing. When we're talking about our Earth and the heroes and stuff that we're familiar with, let's just call it Earth Prime. Okay. Just to keep it simple. I'll just say 616, but Earth Prime is fine. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> they inter- that was a new thing they introduced. Um, the introduction of that first Doctor Strange is the Defenders Doctor Strange. That's what I heard. Defender Strange, yeah. So that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, anecdotally cool. The question right off the bat is, who's running with him? Yep. And it's America Chavez. And I think we're supposed to believe that that relationship or that character is going to be fleshed out as the story goes along. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting choice. I'll just say that. That's well, a that's an interesting choice. I don't know if I... They have to have some conduit yeah, to allow the dimension skipping, if you will. Sure. I just, she's an interesting one to use, I guess. No, yeah. Uh, you asked me, <laughs> did you, is she in the that game I play, Marvel Future Fight? And that's the only way I know the character, actually. Um, so I think that this could be good. I mean, to these films' credit, I mean, they've introduced even more obscure characters at times and can do some interesting stuff with them and at least let people know about them as mm-hmm. well. We might be like, ah, that's a DC list character. If that, but if it works, yeah, so be it. I kind of think I mean, this is just Marvel just trying to figure out when they're doing what, but even someone like Kitty pride could have been a multiversal powered individual, but we're not there yet. <laughs> no, we're not there because we're still trying to figure out how to get the X-Men in. Mm-hmm. And one thing, though, is pretty clear. And that Doctor Strange is going to take on a very paternal role in whatever Marvel installments seem to be going forward. Mm. Yeah. That's Peter Parker and now America Chavez. Yeah. Do you <sighs> like that? Because it, in, in films, you kind of like that. What do we call it? Like that cantankerous adult, like the bad news bears, like Buttermaker. Yeah. That adult that shouldn't be leading kids, but he's doing it anyway. But he's like got a heart of gold as well, but he's kind of an asshole. Yeah. I think he fits that. I do like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's interesting that they're kind of making him like, yeah, like Mr. Mom to these guys. (laughs) Yeah. So how far do you take that? And what do you, what do you flesh that out into on the silver screen to make it matter? Or maybe it's just, happenstance that it was with Spider-Man mm-hmm. and there's some multiversal, multi-universal stuff there. So they didn't have a choice. Um, I guess the issue is more to me with America Chavez. I didn't even thought about Kitty pride. That's an excellent suggestion. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say that I'm not sure I'm going to care. Yeah. Cause I have to be introduced to the character and, and learn something about them before I can say I do or I don't. And this might be a theme that's a little consistent in, in the breakdown for me today. In a movie or a franchise that seems to be moving towards lots of possible reiterations of the same character, mm-hmm. which then leads to, if not full-on origin story, then at least fish out of water, let me figure out what my skill set or powers are like on Earth Prime 
And to the eventual exhaustion of myself in the theater, like, okay, here we go again. Just can we get on with this? Because I know you're going to fight the bad guy eventually. Yeah. We need to find a way to make America Chavez's origin story something that matches anyone else in the Marvel Universe. Because one thing they've done a really good job, with the exception of post-credit scenes, Mm -hmm. is not introducing a character without some backstory prior to them being in the film. Yeah. You could argue with me on the Guardians, and I probably would agree, like, that might be an exception because it sort of came out of nowhere. But even with that, it was the origin of a team, maybe not so much the origin of each of those characters, and that was eventually uncovered as we got to it. And it was more so Quill's origin, too. True. Yeah. So I guess what I'm saying is, as we get a new character that then the origin is going to have to be constructed or built up, which is America Chavez and her powers and her moms and all of the things that they kind of allude to, as that jumps from planet to planet to dimension to dimension to multiverse to multiverse, do you ever get out of first gear? Yeah, I wondered. I, I kind of like that stuff that they set up with her with her moms and then when she discovers her power. And I was like, well, are they going to call back to this later at the end of the film? Is she going to like... You're kind of waiting for that moment, right? Like she's going to reunite with them because she just blasted them into whatever multiverse, right? When she's scared, I think, was how she uses her power. I kind of liked a lot of that, but it didn't play out in the end. It kind of, the she, film wraps up and then it's over. <laughs> she felt she came across as pretty wooden. A little, I don't mean his acting talent. No, no, I just no. mean like there wasn't a the, lot there. I thought the performance was was pretty good, but uh, yeah, I thought that, that they let, they planted some seedlings that just kind of didn't, she kind of is the MacGuffin of the movie if you really want to be truthful about it. She's the, the power that we're after much like the Tesseract or Loki's scepter or whatever, any any of those things. But I thought they there was some stuff there to play with and it just it didn't play out by the end of the film. And but it was like, ah, that's probably the next movie or the next thing. Like that's the problem with this universe. It was like, well if they didn't get to it now, maybe they'll get to it later. The other thing that's introduced with the chase with America Chavez and Defender Strange is the book of Vishanti that mm-hmm. they're after. Um there's some things that really frustrated me in this film. There's some things I loved in this film, but I think the most frustrating might be this book. Yeah. We'll get to that in a little while, but it is, I will say this, mm-hmm. it is as a, it is at least set up mm-hmm. in the first couple minutes of the film. And usually something that is that powerful, that strange would be seeking it out and willing to sacrifice someone else in order to protect or gain. Yeah would take you down the path that this seems to be maybe a quest film. Yeah. This movie is ripe for Campbell's Mm -hmm. quest. No. Mm -hmm. And that's where um, my accolades for the book of Ashante and positive is going to stop. Yeah. Cause that's a fucking disaster. The rest of the film. Yeah. Yeah. And it kind of just comes to a crawl in the enact enact too. But I kind of thought it was set up for that too. It was here's, you know, we're stuck through, this multiverse earth eight, whatever we need to go through the other ones to make our way back home. Like it it almost looked like a journey film or a quest thing to find this other thing. And it kind of just goes in a different path. Chasing the relic is a great story. The screenwriter, Michael Waldron, he did, he was the showrunner on Loki. So we know how kind of confusing that was and how it kind of jumped from variant to this, to that. But yeah, it kind of starts jumping all over the place, but First, you know, Strange wakes up from this is a dream he has. So we're kind of established that these dreams that people are having are not really dreams, but, you know, visages of these other realities. 
Scarlet Witch is having them or Wanda. Uh, these other people are, but Strange is, and he wakes up in a cold sweat, but he's got to get ready for a wedding, right? Uh, day late and a dollar short, like most superheroes are. Uh, you know, it kind of reminded me of the wedding scene at the end of Spider-Man 2 with Mary Jane coming, but she doesn't come. Mm-hmm. But I was like, oh, look, Raimi's doing another superhero wedding sequence. It even looked like it was shot the same way, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, it's uh, Rachel McAdams, Christine, his fellow, his ex-lover. I guess she. I, we don't know if she was blipped or not, like Strange was, but she's gotten married. She's moved on from ever being associated with with him, which that's a hard life too, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, he creates, I thought this was interesting. She's just like all ornate and white and orders red wine. <laughs> thing. I was like, who does that? Right, exactly. <laughs> but they're all interrupted, right, by this. Now, what is this, Matt? I've heard this thing called a couple different things, this giant squid octopus thing. Gargantos or Shumagarath. Yeah. I was introduced to this as Shumagarath, but yeah. I guess there's some licensing issues. Really? So yeah, over that particular name, hmm. I didn't dig into that, but that's what I was reading about that. Interesting. And so it's renamed Gargantos. Okay. Anyway, this is an emissary of some alien entity. We're assuming that is after America Chavez. Yeah. Now, this is pretty cool. Like, Doctor Strange should fight these kind of cool monsters, in my opinion. I liked this bit a lot. Mm -hmm. It's one of the few times we've seen him really unload with his powers and kind of see his ability, instead of working as a defense or mending entity in the Marvel Universe, full on, and he's defending too, but in attack mode. Yeah. And he wields some pretty cool magical weapons in this yeah he's got like a a buzzsaw like a astral project projecting buzzsaw that he slices a bus in half the demons of denax hands yeah that's pretty oh, cool yeah 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 mm-hmm. that was I, that, that was when it when gets the spear and pokes it in the eye i like this bit a lot this is pretty cool i did you know my biggest worry going into this you know being that we're in the marvel studio factory of everything kind of looks and feels the same and other than maybe taika watiti and James Gunn, it's hard to really get a handle on, like, someone's vision. So I was like, gosh, okay, you guys are bringing Raimi into this thing. This guy has a definitive vision of how he likes to shoot his movies and what they look like. It was, yeah, this sequence, like, put all that to rest. Like, this is full-on Evil Dead, quick Dutch angles, smash zooms, point of point of view, all that stuff that was so good in Spider-Man is, like, right here. Uh, so I... Thankfully, my worries were alleviated at that moment. Did this sequence remind you of in Spider-Man, the original, the Green Goblin, mm. during the parade, and in Spider-Man 2, Doc Ock on the side of the mountain building with Mary... Um, like God, this, come on, Aunt May. It's like the same color palette. It like even kind of has... shot the, the same way. Yeah. It's just... it's it, Raimi being chosen for this is, is perfect because... He just shoots those scenes really well. I mean, you got this squid crawling up the top of this building, and I love how the people at the wedding are like, hey, look at that. That's weird. Mm-hmm. Not the weirdest thing we've ever seen. <laughs> Some of us were blipped away for five years. So yeah. I like how the people, the, the the civilians in the Marvel Universe are like, this is, we're used to the weird by this point. But yeah, this is this is pretty cool. This is, this is a great little action bit. Wong comes in and um, kind of liked how they utilized Wong in this one. Maybe underutilized a little bit. Like, I think that guy's just kind of waiting for, like, his moment, right? But even he's just very formidable, too. He's the Sorcerer Supreme, right? Yeah. Because he took over uh, um, 
Bleecker Street when uh, Strange was gone for five years. So, yeah. yeah, good moment here. But the aftermath is America Chavez was like, wait a minute, I've seen you. You were in my dream. What's going on here? And she's like, well, the last time I saw you, you were dead. And here's the proof. And so they have Strange's corpse here in the middle of the road, Defender Strange, this withering corpse. And they're like, ugh, what's going on here? And we kind of learn about her power that she's able, she doesn't know how, but able to travel through the multiverse and strange is like oh god like i already dabbled in this months ago with spider-man this is still happening this kind of multiversal problem that's the word multiverse is i think it worries him a lot right for a man that's power was time Mm -hmm. until that's gone now messing around with that and fiddling around with timelines and alternate selves strange is troubled by that right yeah, sure. He knows what that terrible potential has. Mm-hmm. I was also troubled at this point, too, because right off the bat, we get as road as it can be. Hey, I'm this person. I'm not from this world. And we start down that same fish out of water thing that I just don't want to deal with. This is my my worry with the multiverse. I thought Spider-Man handled it quite well, mm-hmm. but I'm tired of that conversation. I don't I'm bored with that. Mm-hmm. Here's what else really frustrated me about this. What is she doing? Is she just skipping about from multiverse to multiverse for fun? Because I don't think for fun is we're gonna re, we're gonna find out sooner or later that the Scarlet Witch has been chasing her through. Here we go, mm-hmm. ready for the ripoff of Inception that this film totally steals from. Yeah, through dreams. Mm-hmm. So she's been running from place to place, finding a strange in each of the various earths that she shows up on to protect her for a time until she can run through another portal and escape to another earth only to then be chased again. Oh yeah. If there's, if this is earth, what'd you call 613? 616. 616. Yeah. There's a lot of earths to be jumping through. She seems to have some knowledge of the multiverse. Mm-hmm. So that would lead me to believe she's been through several multiverse, iter- multiverse iterations, but there is no backstory on why she's why she's searching. We don't even know if she's searching for her mom's. Yeah. She's just traveling. Or maybe she's just being chased as if this monster's chasing her. Maybe she's just jumping from one to the next just to get away from it. She would know that, though, sooner than Strange. And Strange is yeah. the one that's going to uncover yeah. why she's being chased. Like, we are... Mm-hmm. This is not really well fleshed out. Yeah. Again, I know she's just the conduit to open up multi-universal or multiversal mean doorways yeah but at this point i don't want to hear another story about okay here we go to foreign land with two foreign the the western right Mm -hmm. two unwelcome entities in a foreign land trying to acclimate themselves to the customs and tradition we get we get a little bit of that but we don't like get like a ton of that thank god yeah yeah i I don't think we yeah 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 we don't know what's on the horizon (laughs) well and it's coming with bruce campbell in a few minutes a little bit later Pizza Papa. <laughs> no, no, I like like that was funny. I like that too. The problem is when you open up this number of possibilities for all of these places, each new place they go to, you have to go through the same Yeah, the rigmarole. same rules, what things are different here, the customs. I mean, it, from stoplights being red to green, like that kind of stuff is to me, I'm, I'm just so bored with it. Yeah. 
And like I said, I think they only do they only really do that one world really, because uh, then we're kind of into the rest of the plot with the Illuminati. Okay, so I got to separate there because this is another thing that I thought yeah. we were probably going to do. Okay, the way we chase Vishanti, the book of Vishanti at the beginning, I'm like, okay, we have okay. a quest movie. Yeah. I'm on board. Mm-hmm. I like that. Let's mm-hmm. go chase this thing. Yeah. If you take the three act structure, mm-hmm. or just even more specifically the second act and a way to get through the second act slag that just is like waiting, waiting, waiting. Then what you can do instead of leaving earth prime or earth 616 and going to whatever earth they spend most of the, they visit three on this Mm -hmm. earth 616 one. And then there's another one. Yeah. Um, you need three pieces. Sure. To find the way to get the book. Yeah. And that gives you a chance to go to three different earths. And with that, although I'm not a fan of doing, I just said I wasn't a fan of like reintroduction to a new place. But if there's a purpose to it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because then you're skipping the bullshit of we have to figure out how stoplights work and what money is and like all of that boring, boring bullshit. Yeah. And you just get into, look, we got to find the me here, which is strange speaking. This is me being Stephen Strange. We need to find me, the the me here, because maybe he can point us in the direction of item X because we need X, Y, and Z to get to Book of Ashanti. Yeah. Yeah, now you have a quest. Not though. Yeah. Act two of this thing is, yeah, strange in handcuffs for what seems like 30 minutes. And what's frustrating about that is that I, I hate that. I hate, like, we just stop everything to lock someone up. Amazing Spider-Man 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's some stuff that happens in there that I really do like. It's just It's yeah. just kind of muddled with this other stuff that's also happening at the same time. Just see, who's, whose name is on the marquee for this poster? Well, strange, yeah. Do you know where I'm going with this? Yeah. It's his movie, mm-hmm. but I'm going to argue barely. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be. It can be It could be the Scarlet Witch movie. It can be, it can't be the America Chavez movie. No one will care. Yeah. But with what you just said, him being locked up in handcuffs, I thought about you a lot yeah. in this viewing because- what it boils down to him being locked up in handcuffs is another scene that you hate. I know you hate yeah. spend all this time developing the character and then put him behind bars. Yeah. The other thing you hate is heavy dump exposition dialogue. Yeah. Standing around, right? Jesse, they give you that like four or five times in this film. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you the the, the big. I can't wait till till we get to it because I kind of we'll, we'll save it. I I'll, I won't forget this. So we'll, we'll we'll come back around to that. But you're right. Yeah, locking someone up and just standing around just word vomit everywhere but i don't know maybe it's this screenwriter that maybe we're not a fan of no for sure it is we didn't like loki because of the same reasons uh but yeah i think it's definitely a story thing i think you know you got on the phone with me and kind of figured that Raimi was probably the best choice to direct this film and his vision is really cool and there's moments that it just explodes on the screen and the acting but just the direction the story that we're going to take here in the next few minutes is perplexing to say the least but one problem i don't have with this film whether it's the focal point or what she's after i think scarlet witch elizabeth olsen's really well done in this film yeah uh uh, dr strange they notice uh, some like demon runes on on these bodies and stuff first they bury strange uh defender (laughs) some gravel on like an apartment building up top i love that yeah uh, and then she goes to visit her, and that's where we last saw Wanda at the end of WandaVision, right? It was this, like, cottage-esque thing. She's reading, we don't know yet, this mysterious other book. The uh, Darkhold. Exactly. So I like that Strange goes to 
the only person I could go to, because don't they make a little crack about that? I was like, well, I wasn't going to go to see Clint or any of these other people. I need someone that knows this stuff, mm-hmm. which is true. If Clint Barton's in this film, he's going to obliterate it instantly. Yeah. Uh, suspension of disbelief. And I like how Strange goes for help. Help me figure this out. This out. Help me protect this girl. She's with Wong at one of the other sanctums where they train them, right? And I like how the conversation just goes, Stephen, I'm not going to do that because you don't understand what I've lost. You don't understand what I've gone through. But these kids that I had and everything, and I like how she's still so brainwashed over this fakeness that she created in that show. And through hell or high water from last week, the Western is willing to do whatever and however to attain that happiness again. I think that's the setup for a great villain. I do too. And I think that's a setup for a fantastic character that I think I'm more interested in seeing Mm -hmm. her story going forward than I am another strange film. Yeah. Look, she's lamenting these kids that are gone and Mm -hmm. we can forecast. Is it with Mephisto? Is it some other universe? It doesn't really matter because, in fact, they don't exist. Yeah. They're machinations of her fractured psyche, shall we say. Well, they were real. Uh, as far as I understand WandaVision, all those people were real. They just weren't who she perceived them as, right? Those kids were real. They just weren't her kids. She's got to find these two that are lost. God only knows where. And we get the big reveal in this conversation. She's the one who, I guess most recently, because we don't know if America Chavez has been chased through More than two dimensions with the opening scene in this one and where we are now by these demonic forces that are the acolytes of Wanda. Yeah. So did you like, I I liked how the veil of her uh, cherry blossom apple cottage just like turned into like hell. Yeah. hell, (laughs) Red hell. Looked great. Yeah. Yeah. And she tells strange I'm after her because I'm going to possess her powers because I need her ability to jump through dimensions. Now, this is where things start to get really wonky. Yeah. If neither one of them can jump through dimensions, then they have to have America Chavez in order to do that. Unless mm-hmm. ugh, it's all a dream. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. And in fact, there is, it's all a dream, heavy, heavy role in this film, which is dream walking. Yeah. That means, I guess, through the Darkhold, the book, The Darkhold, mm-hmm. if you study it and master this particular skill, you can jump through dimensions via, oh no, Jesse, dreams. I got to tell you, uh, it, I don't think it bothered me as much as it as it affected you. Uh, I kind of liked that it was another mystical, strange universe power that we were unlocking or getting to see a world into. Um well, my question then is, okay, th- yeah, I hate that more than you do, yeah. certainly. But why do you need America Chavez then? If you can dream it up and then possess something in a dream state somewhere else, why do you need her? I don't know, because she's still the MacGuffin that like opens up the multiversal world, so to speak. But I, I, I do like when Wanda's like, I'm going after her and get out of my way. Like, it was almost like strange, like, oh, God, I came here for help and I created mm-hmm. a huge problem. Yeah. Uh, much like Strange kind of does sometimes. Mm-hmm. The stuff with Spider-Man, I think. Tries to do good and screws it up because of his intentions. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. that's addressed in the film too. Like when, mm-hmm. when he's in front of the Illuminati, mm-hmm. I mean, step on you here. No, go ahead. Catherine, that is, um, Christine, sorry. Christine, yeah. Tells him, all you strangers are the same. You all have these good intentions and through your good intentions, you end up screwing things up for everyone. 
So if that's the case and we're led to believe that, we're building some evidence on the screen that he is right now exhibiting that behavior that Christine is crucifying for him, crucifying him for later and literally putting him on trial for later. Well, isn't Strange's whole thing, isn't he just reckless kind of to the core? Yeah. I mean, the way he was created or his hands, sure. I mean, he was driving like a maniac down the road. Yeah. So I think I've always attributed a bit of recklessness to, to Strange. And it's good. I like that. Here we go again. Uh, so... At that point, it's to the Kamertage. Mm. It's this where they train all the strange warriors, where they learn uh, their with their sling rings how to do your best, Doctor Strange. How, how do you do it? <laughs> exactly. You got to go in opposite directions, otherwise. <laughs> it's so silly. Yeah. Strange will like open up a portal. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this was pretty cool too when Wanda shows up and it's like this veil cloud and they're trying to like put up like the this the sling ring shields up and then. She just goes through these people like nothing, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. they're no opposition to her. And I'm wondering at this point, man, is Strange even going to have a chance against Wanda? I like he locks her up into in this like stabby, like Fortress of Solitude, like crystal room. But like Wanda figures out that it's just an illusion, right? And is able to bust through. This was the most, I think, Sam Raimi-esque scene when they're trying to cover up the puddles and the camera zooming in and there's loud noises and things are jumping out. Like th this was pretty great. I like, I like this moment. If you're waiting for the penultimate battle between strange and the Scarlet witch, you're getting it now. Mm -hmm. This is it. Mm -hmm. This is when we see the showdown between the two opposing forces. Yeah. And they go at it pretty good. Yeah. Some really cool visuals here. And you brought up though, something yesterday when we were talking. Yeah. And I think we should address it Let's now. Let's do it. Is Wanda the most powerful character in the MCU as of right now. I'm going to say after watching this film, absolutely. I'm going to agree with you. What do you think about that? Oh God, I think that, I think that's awesome. I think it's the think of where she started too with age of Ultron and this kind of orphan of Stark technology. And they blew up her home to creating civil war. Remember it was her explosion that yep. started the whole signing of documents and everything to this, you know what I mean? She just keeps getting darker and darker and it's through no fault of her own. It's she's trying to help people. She's trying to save the day, but I love the line he tells her, right? It's like, you do this and you're the hero. I conjure up the same things and I'm the enemy. And she's like, that doesn't seem very fair. Does it? That's exactly what's happening. So if Marvel wanted to, I know we want a doom or a Magneto or a Kang or a Galactus Man, I think it's right there in front of you. I think Wanda could be like a villain that even the X-Men would have a really hard time dealing with. You know what I love about it too? Mm -hmm. We talk about the plans of villains all the time. Yeah. Destroy this world and take over rubble. Yep. I buy she just wants her kids back. Oh, that's so simple. I, I love that too. I do. Yeah. Getting my kids back. My fake kids. Yeah. Yeah. Is a fairly, I don't want to say street level purpose, mm -hmm. but it's a little more domesticated than galactic. Now they're going to present it in a very interplanetary galactic multidimensional manner. But, but I buy that. It still feels personal. Yeah. She loses her husband, essentially vision by her own fault or through her own fault mm -hmm. for the betterment of mankind. Yeah. Trying to save mankind. Yeah. And then in her broken, fractured, destroyed psyche, the life that she built for herself in order to heal which is this domestic through television shows of the 1950s, AKA WandaVision. Mm -hmm. She creates this family and then that goes to hell too. Yeah. I buy why she's doing what she's doing. 
And taking America Chavez's powers in order to make it easier for me to go to A to B to C to D to 616 to 728 to 1152 or wherever the hell we're searching for our kids yeah. makes perfect sense. Yeah. I'm really on board with this. Yeah. And the other thing too, I think Elizabeth Olsen just keeps getting better as this character with like each iteration. I would agree with you there. There's a scene coming up here that I want to spoil. It might be my favorite moment of the film, but it's astral projected Wanda to evil Wanda of 818. And she just runs through the Illuminati like nothing. Yeah. I loved it. It was like almost like a slasher movie, right? Pure Raimi. Uh, it was so cool. So, I mean, when you say runs through them, yeah. Do you want to talk about it now? No, not yet. Yeah, it's crazy what she does to Black Bolt. Decked in, she looks like Carrie decked in blood. Like it's, it is. Okay, mm-hmm. we got it. Well, let's save it because I, I got a lot of want to talk about that scene too because I think that's Sam Raimi in his all of his greatness. Really. I'll tell you why later, okay. but let's let's not get ahead of ourselves. Where were we? Well, oh, just talking about Scarlet Witch and and that that sequence there. But yeah, it, I think we both agree. It right now, she's the most powerful character in the MCU, and I think she's about to give it to Strange here. And then like uh, America Chavez, through we learn in a in a little bit through fear and fright, she's able to open up the portals to the multiverse, and she's about to go through. And Strange grabs her, and and, and they go through before Wanda can get it because Wanda's about to just end them right now. Mm-hmm. And then they they traverse through the multiverse. I thought this visually was also pretty cool. I mean, when you think of Strange, I think of, do you remember when the Ancient One, like, sent him through his first journey and he was going through all the worlds and then he had a hand that had little hands and fingers? Yeah. This was kind of like that. I mean, they go through one that's animated, one where they're paint. Paint. (laughs) That was crazy. Yeah. Where he's all cut up, blocked. I think it's like in a one-shot, too, where they're just going through each different one in iteration and you just see all the possibilities. And maybe I appreciate the film's restraint to not stay there. Or, yeah, stay there. Or we got to go through all 20 that we just saw just to complete the goal. I mean, there is some restraint in the multiverse and what it could have become, which was just stepping in one and then going through the next one. Yeah. Yeah. I have an important question I need you to answer for me. Okay. Is it possible that with the nomenclature we have through the first two Doctor Strange films that anyone, capable anyone, can be the Sorcerer Supreme. I think so. I mean, Doctor Strange, at the end of the day, I was just kind of reminding myself of this. He's just a regular dude, right? Yeah. Who knows magic spells. Right. So, yeah, I think if you have the fortitude in the inside, I think, yeah, you could probably figure it out. The reason I'm asking you that, I agree. Mm -hmm. And I love this bit too. Visually, it's killer. Mm Mm-hmm. And like you said, we don't spend too much time getting bogged down in the ether of weird because we do have to tell a story. Yeah. And as much as I love this, this came to me last night. Okay, Mordo is eventually going to be represented in this film as where we spend most of our time in the alternate Earth as the Sorcerer Supreme. Yeah. If this movie is the quest movie that you and I wanted it to be for the Book of Ashanti in order to find some opposition to the Darkhold powers. That's what this is. Yin to Yang, right? Yep. Darkhold versus the Book of Ashanti. Yep. If we're after that, then this Illuminati bit that you and I have spoken briefly about is handled, I think, in a more interesting way. And let me give it to you. Okay. As he searches for the pieces that he needs to put the key together to attain the Book of Vishanti, each one of the Sorcerer Supremes that he meets at another world 
is one of those Illuminati members. There you go. One of them's Mordo. Yeah. Do you want to just get the other? Get to the. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> do you see what I'm saying? Though I do. Yeah. Each one of them can be it, and what it means a piece to the puzzle. Yeah, what it means is nothing in the sum total of the film, and it kind of ruins maybe the scene that you and I both like, which is Wanda walking through them like a hot knife through butter. Yeah. But what it does do is I think it furthers the quest, and it gives him something to do at each one of those beats, because what we're talking about are opening of Act 2, midpoint, um, and then reversal. Those would probably be the three places. Mm. That, That sounds good to me, yeah. And each one of them, you may not get the full five that this film had, but there's a couple of those guys that I can really see mm-hmm. being the Sorcerer Supreme. Yeah. Du-du-du-du-du-du-du. That was cool. It was very it was cool. cool when they did and that. And it was a yellow. Yeah, right? God bless well, the 90s. We'll talk about it in a second, but Earth 838, right? Sure. Okay. <laughs> Why not? Is that what it is? I think it is, okay. actually. Uh, it's interesting. There's a lot of foliage and green. They go on red, right? Uh, food is free. This is pizza papa. <laughs> but is it though? Cause it kind of, cause then Bruce Campbell says it's not, it's, I, I guess it's not free there. I think it's yeah. a misconception. So strange <laughs> puts again, this is the, again, the grade that strange exists. And I just love sometimes mm-hmm. is he puts a spell on, on Bruce Campbell as pizza papa here to hit himself for what? Six weeks. Yeah. Oh my God. That's yeah. cruel. <laughs> Look, and Bruce Campbell having a battle with a hand. It's evil dead, man. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's Sam Raimi just smiling, <clears throat> smiling, smiling. He likes to put his actors through hell, especially Campbell. It's, it's notorious. So I, th- I like that little little touch to it there. Mm-hmm. That was pretty good. Here was a moment, too, that I thought they could have played with a little bit more, but may, uh, maybe it was just about right. I like this very futuristic world that we're in here where they it's like a memory square. Yeah, that was cool. And they get to... we play it for you so you don't forget. I can't remember what the Total Recall slogan was for mm-hmm. the memory square, but Strange steps on it, and he sees this dinner date where him and uh, Rachel McAdams are having a celebration. They've been dating. It's going good. This is pre-hand accident before it all goes to hell, and she gives him that watch that's so important to him, time being such an important thing to Strange. So I thought that was a cool moment to see that. And then America steps on it, and we see the moment uh, where she harnesses her power for the first time. She was afraid of a bee, didn't want to get stung. I don't blame her at all. <laughs> and unleashes like this scream and opens up this portal that sucks in her parents. And then it sucks her out too. And obviously they were separated. I thought that was kind of tragic. I mean, you harness something that is some unknown power and you just obliterate your parents and you're just lost for forever. I think there's an a tragedy there that this film doesn't have time to go into, right? Sure. Uh, I wanted a little bit more of that, but I like that storefront as a memory conduit, I think is a story generating mechanism is perfect. I want one line here Mm -hmm. and I want her to say, this is why I'm dimension hopping. Mm. Because if she's searching the way Wanda is for her kids, the way she would be for her mother's, then there's a cool parallelism between the two of them. It's one line. Yeah, Why didn't she say it? It's all you have to do because that Michael Waldron, Jesse, I don't think he really has a great concept, a good grip on story. I yeah. think he's got a big vision, mm-hmm. but the minutia and the execution I think is really lacking. And we went into great deal on that <laughs> in Loki. Yeah, we did like Loki. Uh, and in between here, before we go to the Sanctum Santorum, Wanda enters Wanda 838, this domesticated life with Tim. What are these kids named? Tommy and Timmy? I think so. 
Hang on, no, I got it. I got billion times. Yeah, <laughs> pretty close. Yeah, and this was pretty great too. I mean, it's almost like a like a a drug trip that she's going through here, and these kids want ice cream or they want they come sing this song to her, but like the coffee pot has like tidal waves in it. Like there's a lot of the picture frames are looking at one very evil dead. Like, right. Yeah. Uh, I thought this was, this was really good too. So it gives her a world. There they are there. I am there. Those kids exist. That's where I need to go. Right. That's, I need to get there, harness that. Um, but they destroyed the dark hold, right. In the middle of this dream walk is what she's doing. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, well, what do I do next? Wong, He's like, well, they were. That was just a translation. The real scrolls or ruins are up at this mountain that we never go to. Well, you're taking me there. <laughs> okay, so, boy, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, watching Billy and Tommy remind us that her goals are pretty simple: get my kids back. If you watched Wandavision and then watched the post credits and saw the other things, you saw her in the Scarlet Witch state, reading the Darkhold, which she took from Agatha Harkness, right? Yep. Where we have to travel a lot in story, and I think it's there, it's just, it's a bit to to dig through. After Strange and America Chavez have escaped to try to find the way to get their hands on the Book of Ashanti, she has imprisoned Wong in essentially a hex crucifixion drawn and quartered, mm-hmm. whatever that contraption is. Yeah, right. yeah strung up by his, by his limbs. <clears throat> One of the other Sorcerer Supreme students students yeah. shows up out of nowhere and makes maybe the biggest move anyone's had against Wanda thus far, mm-hmm. and that is while Wanda is in her dream walk state, so she's asleep with Wong still captured she's dreaming herself after america chavez and stephen strange this person sneaks up grabs the dark hold and then stabs it with yeah. some relic yeah and like the horcrux and chamber of secrets <laughs> again yeah. a more quest driven sure. thing here sure. jesse right yeah. we need that and that's literally taking it from the pages of harry potter that's mm-hmm. why i thought too this feels like a horcrux bam yep book is gone she blows herself up and now the dark hold is destroyed. Here's my question then. Okay. Why are we still chasing the book of Vishanti? Oh. Without the dark hold, she's lost a significant amount of power unless we already have laid forth the foundation that she's mastered those those um spells yeah. and won't forget them. And I'm fine with that if you do that. Mm-hmm. At least you still have a reason to keep chasing after this book. Yeah. The problem is we are searching for, we're we're destroying a thing that at this point in the story has little to no value. The Darkhold doesn't matter. Yeah. And there's other Darkhold books, and frankly, they're not as hard to attain as the Book of Ashanti. Mm -hmm. Where this gets even more maddening to me is what finally happens when we get the Book of Ashanti. Yeah. And And Wanda eviscerates it in... Gone. And they don't fully explain the Book of Ashanti very well either in this in this film, in my opinion. The research I did basically is like, it's the all-powerful book that gives the reader the ability to pretty much do anything. Yeah. Which, 
Talk about garden variety excellence. Do we need another one of those? We already had a gauntlet that could do whatever. Like, And a whole team called the Eternals that just, oh, we can kind of do whatever we want. Oh, Jesus. Right? So yeah. <laughs> put that in a multiverse setting and there's no rules, Jesse. Sure. We're just fast yeah. and loose anywhere. Okay, so we've destroyed that and it's a big blow to Wanda. It snaps her out of her dream state. Yeah. Wouldn't that then okay. bounce the Wanda that's dreaming in 833 back to Wondagore or wherever the hell she's headed? Yeah. Wouldn't that end the dream? Well, that would be better. Well, but, yeah, it just it kind of like it just snaps that 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 connection between the two of them. So now she needs to go find another way to do it, which is looking at the ruins. Yes. And what you, you boy, have, we've written a little bit. Look at you. Yeah. You're you're stealing my thunder. If it snaps her out of her, yeah. then she goes to Wong and says, I need to find a way to get back to it. I can't do it without the dark hold. Yeah. You better tell me what I need to know regarding magic to get something like this. Cause you seem to know more as a science, as a sorcerer Supreme mm-hmm. do it or I'm going to murder all these people. Yeah. We'll go to Wondagore, Wanda. Yeah. And that's where we can find the tome or the wall or the scroll that was where the book was written from. Yeah. And if you know anything about Wondagore, that's really important to Wanda because that's her birthplace. I liked it in the film, too. I did, too. Uh, we haven't we, even addressed the other thing, too. Let's just do it. Who is her dad? Magneto. Come on. Yeah. Let's go. Eric Lencher. I, mean, I know. So we made a prediction a couple weeks ago of characters we thought were going to show up in this, and you picked Black Knight, and I picked Magneto. We're both wrong. We're dead wrong. <laughs> they didn't show up at all. But you're right. That's got to happen at some point, right? Yeah. It'd be the way to tie it all together. Yeah. But yeah, Wendigore uh, with the ruins and then those monsters up there. But what does she see is this uh, statue of what looks like her, right? Yeah. So I like this legend of the Scarlet Witch that Agatha told her about in WandaVision, which is this that could conjure up, was it chaos magic? Mm-hmm. And these unholy powers. And it's almost like a legend and she's, she's it, right? Uh, she's living it. She's becoming it. She's becoming this force to be reckoned with. And I really like that. So she sets up shop here on this little stone ruin. Yeah. And she's going to conjure up some crazy stuff. There's even an alt, like a sacrificial altar. An altar. That's that's what, that's what it is. Awesome. But strange in America, they go to the sanctum and they find out that that universe is strange died in the battle fighting Thanos. Right. And they built the statue for him and uh, Baron Mordo. Chiwetel Ejiofor is back in this film and he's kind of taken over the Dr. Strange mantle and, he seems very welcoming and very homely here, uh, but then he drugs the tea, man. He just don't drink the tea. Like, if it's Dr. No or whatever film, you just don't drink tea in movies. Mm-hmm. And they have a nice little kind of trip-out sequence where everything's moving all weird and a forbidden zone from Superman to uh, a phantom zone. Mm-hmm. And so they're knocked out, and when they wake up, we're locked up, right? And who do we see? We see Rachel McAdams again, Christine, and... She's doing some work for this organization, right? In the Baxter building. Yep. Working for the Baxter Foundation. Baxter Foundation. And it looks like this prison meeting space is in the middle of Central Park. Looks like it. Yeah, that's kind of, that was interesting. All right, let's get to it. So, again, we're doing something that I absolutely hate. It's just locking up people just to break them out again a little bit later. And it's, you know, strange. And these wrist things stop him from doing magic, which I thought was kind of interesting. But... Uh, we're all serving a higher power here in this Earth 8 whatever. Uh, and it's uh, this organization called the Illuminati. Now, this is a big thing in Marvel Comics, right? The Illuminati is huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is people like 
Tony Stark, Iron Man's been in the Illuminati. Uh, Namer. Yeah, Namer's been in the Illuminati. Like, think of all your brainiacs. Mm-hmm. They're, that's where they are. Mm-hmm. So, Baron Mortar's like, you are doing some time crimes here, Mr. Strange, and we need to see uh, uh, to this here. You need to come see my council. The Illuminati will see you now. Led by Ultron bots or something? I thought yeah. that, that was odd. Uh-huh. So maybe in that Earth, maybe Tony Stark's Ultron protocol was successful. Worked. And so maybe they are like a army of some sort. But let's get to it. So we have our lineup of Illuminati, and this is kind of like the big reveal of the film here. Uh, let's say the good one, the last two. So up first here, this was so strange, and I don't even know if I cared at all. Black Bolt? Mm. And the guy playing Black Bolt, do you remember that failed Inhuman show? Same show. Same, same guy. Yep. Oh, gosh. That, that was an interesting callback, right? Yeah, to, strange choice to use an inaudible character to be part of the Illuminati. I guess he's just going to go thumbs down or thumbs up. Do you like the Inhumans at all? No. Or it's kind of like the Eternals, right? Yeah. Just like another team of, I just don't care. Yeah. Uh, the problem with them is, as intergalactic as they are, they're the intergalactic mutants. They walk through the Terrigen Mist and then yeah. are imbued with something. He's good in my game. He's good in my game, too. <laughs> Black Belt's cool insofar as what his powers are. It's, can eviscerate you with his voice. And he looks pretty neat. Uh, I just... The Inhumans don't really move the needle for me yeah, too me much. Yeah, me either. Yeah, that's just like a limp needle. So let me take the next one. We'll do all of them. Okay. Let me take one. Okay. Um, I'll do Sharon Carter. Okay. Peggy Carter. Yep. Captain Carter. <laughs> do we like that we are directly now referencing what if? Well, I thought that I, I wanted to know, I guess, when this scene was filmed because that that just came out, right? Last mm-hmm. summer? Mm-hmm. I liked that cartoon. I, I I think I liked the animation style. I liked yeah. the story. You know, for everyone, what if was a comic line in the seventies, which was a lot of what if scenario. What if Spider Man did this, or what if this person had this power, or this thing didn't happen? And it was fairly. It went on for many issues, and so they turned it into this animated series on Disney Plus. And I like the animation style and some of the. And it, it's nice because this what if is addressing the universe, right? Mm-hmm. The movies. And alternative scenarios. So she was the first episode, right? Yep. What if Captain, what if Sharon Carter was Captain America? Here's something that's really interesting. And I think the question you and I have asked on the show a lot okay. is with the construction of a new Avengers team, what does it look like sans Iron Man and Captain America? Yeah. Yep. And I got part of an answer. This was, it's going to look like there's still some Captain America involved. Yeah. So there's going to be some shield throwing involved, right? So, yeah, and um, how Wanda walks through each one of these will do it blow by blow, which is pretty darn cool. But uh, I would say those first two are kind of a miss for me. Yeah, that one's, yeah, it didn't really do it. Seeing the live action iteration of what the animated thing did was like, oh, it was cool to see. But yeah, if she wasn't there, I'm not really missing it. Okay, take whichever third one you want to do. Okay, the third one would be uh, Maria Rambo. Uh, so. This was she was she was in Captain Marvel, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So this is Monica Rambeau's daughter, mm-hmm. who's assumed this version's the iteration. Bond gal, right? The girl for Bond. Yeah, she was in uh, no, no time to no die. time to die. Uh, this Earth's version of Captain Marvel. So again, so now we have this cosmic power on the panel of the Illuminati. I'm okay with that powerhouse. Yep. And then okay, this is the big one, right? Well, there's two big ones. Um, we'll do the first one that was announced. So. When when Baron Mortar went and the smartest man in the world or the greatest mind of the world had it, he, he said something like yeah. that. 
Reed Richards of the Fantastic Four. John Krasinski. Well, what, okay, what did you think of that? Like, I that was, clapped. Yeah. <laughs> That's personal, though. You know, I, I want them to finally do that movie and do it right. Well, that's and he's been like just floating around that for whatever fan rumored. casting or rumored. So for them to manifest that into that, whether that was an official announcement or I hope it's more than a tease, right? Because he looked cool. He looked cool. Okay, so that's what that's what I was getting at. So there's a vomit dump of exposition in this scene that I'm gonna tell you right now, Matt. I don't even know what was going on or what the Illuminati was telling Strange. It was just you're doing bad things and you can't be time hopping like the way you are. Well, I've got something about that when we get to it, but not yet. I was so distracted looking at Krasinski because I was like, God, he looks good in that suit. He does look good in that suit. <laughs> I was like the, the the blue with the 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 red M and the beard. And I was like, this is just everything we've ever wanted, right? Yeah. I don't think it was as the reveal of the Spider-Man and Garfield and Maguire, I think was just a moment I'm never going to forget. Mm -hmm. This is this was good. It didn't quite reach that, but this was a really cool reveal. I think if anything, if you come away from watching this film, you're going to remember that, right? Exactly. Pretty cool. Okay. That's interesting that you said that, though. Yeah. He called it earlier the mid-movie post-credit scene. Mm. If this is the crowning moment in this film, the film, the moment that is most memorable, yeah. then we're getting back to something we've already spoken about, and that's are we watching Marvel movies so that we can get to the tease post-credits to see what's coming next? Because that doesn't speak highly yeah. to the two hours we just invested in the story itself. So, I think... Because this, to me, is the best part of the film. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I think we are. <sighs> okay, so let's do the last one then. And it's with the music from the cartoon series in the 90s so cool. in his yellow wheelchair. Yeah, so he, he comes up and he goes, and I got goosebumps. Patrick Stewart. This is probably... Professor Xavier. Yeah. What's He's the, getting pretty old, though, he's now. He's 80. He looked at, too, like yeah. the 80s. This yeah. is maybe the last time we're going to see him play this character. What a cool way to go out, though. Very I mean, cool. in the yellow wheelchair from the animated, he even had the green suit yeah. with the theme. Yeah. Oh, this was just, yeah, this this spoke to me. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> and what an authoritative voice. I mean, he was so good as that character mm -hmm. from the Genesis, just the, like, the way he speaks as them. And McAvoy's great, too, but yeah. there's something about Patrick Stewart, man. I mean, he's, he's great as X. I agree. Yeah. Okay, that's a pretty good team of Illuminati. Like, Stra even if we strange yet, but it, you got me intrigued. Now, what's going to happen? Because let's remember, these are not the characters that exist on Earth sixteen or Earth Prime. Our Earth. Mm -hmm. You can deduce though that if they're present in eight thirty three or wherever the hell, whatever Earth they're on now, that they're probably present in some capacity in our world as well. But maybe not, and this is where things. I have two big things here, so I'm going to go for a minute. Right? Okay, go ahead. go ahead. If you are able to have another Captain America, Peggy Carter, if you're able to have another Mordo, if you're able to introduce these characters, and then in a very Sam Raimi, pure from the pages of Drag Me to Hell or Evil mm -hmm. Dead. Carrie-esque Wanda showing up and walking through these six people yeah. like nothing. Yeah. And it's, that is pure horror. Like we're, yeah. I've, I've got so much here. Okay. Um, it's cool in the moment, 
But it's almost anecdotal, Jesse, because yeah, I felt the same way. There's other ones elsewhere. Like she turns Reed Richards into uh, paper mache, yeah, just shreds it into noodles, <laughs> rubber noodles. So he's gone, but it doesn't matter because there's another one. Well, and that, well, that's why I wanted to say Earth Prime, the one we live in. Yeah, because that's all we care about, right? At the end of the day, yes, yes, that is the only one we care about. So that Reed Richards exists. So the fact that Peggy Carter, even though she's Captain America, we know her as Peggy Carter in Earth Prime as Steve mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. The, what she did in First Avenger. So Krasinski Reed Richards exists in Earth Prime. Right. Right? Yeah. I think we're supposed to believe they're all here somewhere. We just yes. have to uncover them. There you go. Yep. The thing that's the deal breaker for me, not that I don't want to see those characters, for sure I want to see those characters, yep. is if you can just do away with them, there's always another Captain America. There's always another Iron sure, Man. Yeah. You just have to drag him to... Isn't that Endgame's... That was all started there, right? With the two Gamoras. It's one word, Jesse. Yeah. It's consequence. Yeah. It makes mm-hmm. life and death inconsequential. Yeah. Because there's another one. That's the first thing. Here's the second thing, though. And this one, okay. this bothered me even more. And I have to tell you, I didn't come to this on my own. I got some help on this one. So okay. I'm not going to take full credit for okay. it. My wife gave me this one. And okay. I thought, this is pretty smart. We keep forecasting. I'm trying to do this good because if I don't do it, there is this terrible thing that's going to happen. And that can be the multiple Lokis in the Loki series. Mm -hmm. That can be what Strange tells the Illuminati in this exposition dump, which is the reason for him defending all of the time crimes he's committed, but wait, well, hold that's on. That's even what Spider-Man was doing too. Like I'm going to cure these guys. Okay. Even though I'm creating more problems than I really would admit to. We keep forecasting yeah. these huge harbingers yeah. of terrible things that are going to come that we have to stop. Yep. Okay. I want to give you something though. If I'm not mistaken, Thanos snapping his fingers and killing half of society is larger than any of the assumed going to be bad things that I'm trying to prevent. Sure. And you know what happened when Thanos snapped? Mm-hmm. There was also, and that's that's just Earth Prime. That's not even using other characters from other worlds. Yeah. There was little to no consequence with that. And secondarily, the ripple effect that they keep talking about and Strange is telling the Illuminati about It'll happen through this. This is the butterfly effect through multiverse. Mm-hmm. All of the characters that got snapped away on Earth Prime mm-hmm. are still present in all of these other multiverses. Yeah. So if Thanos's snap is the biggest and most deadly occurrence that's happened in Marveldom, mm-hmm. how are you going to sell me on the idea that me preventing the Scarlet Witch from finding her two kids is bigger and going to have any more significance than that because I don't buy it. There's still I know it's all bullshit. Yeah, I think that, that I think that's a problem with the because we've had such a huge event like Endgame and Infinity Wars that the, we've seen the stakes get as big as they could possibly ever get. And I think with all of these films now and the it's been a mixed bag so far. I think we're waiting for the next right the next iteration of what we're leading to the next like you said the next big consequential thing that we're we're talking about and i think we got to be okay with not knowing that for a while i'm fine with that too i guess yeah. i guess what i'm trying to say is if this that's a snap yeah 
wipes out half of mankind. And there is, and, and that is a big deal. This is guys capturing these infinity stones, oh. which I think are as multi-universal or multi-dimensional as they can possibly be. Mm-hmm. The Thanos prime finally harnessed that power. And there is nothing that happens in either of any of the multiverses add to that. Mm-hmm. There seems to be a Thanos that's been present sure. in the other multiverses too. Yeah, he exists. And there's no lasting other than my cats died and my brother died while I was blipped out for five years in a, at the wedding. It's almost comical because yeah. it's, it's presented that way. Yeah. <laughs> You've painted a, a portrait that doesn't have any borders. Yeah. Like you can't frame the action of tragedy because you just put some more canvas on there and keep painting. Yeah. No, that, that was really, really frustrating me. And like mm-hmm. I said, I didn't come to that all on my own. Yeah. But Thanos' snap is a big deal and it had no consequence, whatever. So we'll see what's coming. And that gets to the point that you and I have made a million times. And it gets me even more to why I think the Scarlet Witch has a lot of possibilities. Yeah. Let's stop going. So interplanetary and cosmic and mystic and galactic. And let's get back to this terrible tyrant wants to take over Norman Osborn and run for president. Yeah. How do you assassinate the president and do good and yeah, still maintain the mantle? You see what I'm saying? I think we want simple stories, right? Like this, the, the multiverse and what we've been doing the last few movies with these topics is, is so big, right? It's just, it's, the concepts are huge. So I guess it comes down to like in both of those cases for me, the consequence. Yeah. Yeah. There has to be consequence, right? Otherwise, why are we watching? I mean, we made it literally six films without the reappearance of Captain America. He, she, that character's already back. I know. In the show too, right? Sam. Oh yeah. Sam Cap. I didn't think about that. So, yeah, you're right. And I, I kind of wonder, too, what the pulse of this, all this television stuff now, too. Like, what is the needle on any of that to the inevitable conclusion of what we're building up to? But maybe we just need to be okay with we're building to something. We just don't know what it is yet. We just got to be patient. Like, it's weird. You know what I mean? It's like we've been given the cake and the keys to the kingdom, and we know what it looks like, and it's pretty cool, right? We just... That was a huge buildup, and we're going to start over again, and it's going to be... Because remember watching Iron Man and the first Thor, and like some of that ain't... The first Iron Man's great. The first Mm -hmm. Thor, eh, it's not amazing. But it was a long buildup to get to something. Mm -hmm. Like that first Avengers seems so monumental now just because the the goal at the end of the day was like, let's just get these guys together and let's see if that works out, right? Mm -hmm. And then we'll tease a Thanos, and this is what it, it, it could become. As of right now... yeah. What are the possibilities for big bads that we have? We have Zemo still. We have um, Kang. Mm -hmm. Um, We have Wanda. Mm -hmm. What am I missing? Those are probably the two big ones. Maybe whatever's going on in the Spider-Verse could potentially be a thing, but... Oh, there's the Sinister Six they've kind of hinted at. Yeah. I guess that's... But I think it's something... I mean, if it took 22 films to get to Infinity War... I mean, we got a ways to go to know the grand scheme of things. You know, Doom's going to be in play. You know, Magneto's going to be there too at some point. We got to be patient, you know, too. I know, and it's just a lot of. I know we want more out of these end credit scenes and these these moments, but 
it also has to lay the groundwork for something else too. Maybe we'll look back on this years from like, oh, there, it was there, right? <laughs> the foundation was there. We just were so frustrated by it. I guess the other question I have for you is, do you want that again? I do you want 22 to some culminating event? Because I think I'm telling you, I don't. I don't. I What I would want, because the problem with the cohesive universe, I would like just standalone films at this mm-hmm. point that just explore ideas and topics and we're good. There's a beauty in that too. And it allows you to tell a story eight beginning to end and you just, you're done with it. You're not setting up, you're not worried about setting up the next thing. 10 to 15 years ago, I I finally stopped reading Marvel. And the deal breaker for me was every event was tie in all titles in some huge takeover the entire Marveldom, have to read 50 things instead of here's Amazing Spider-Man's three arc run with this bad guy or just it's sandman just robbing a bank this week (laughs) right comics by nature never get out of the second act yeah because then they're over so you don't need to do that and where i finally said that's enough is you know occasionally you'd have to sit through a team up which was like a thor and spider-man thing and that mean you had to buy a couple spores and a couple thors in order to get the full five comic run that was these two guys working together and i guess you stomached that because thor was at least with spider-man blah 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 blah. but when it got to these huge take over the entire literary line in the comic series i did I, I not only did i not have the place to store all of these comics i just didn't have the energy or time sure that being the precursor to this argument i'm about to make is Marvel falling into the same trap Absolutely. cinematically? Absolutely. Is, I feel it with the television shows. If we are having such a hard time finishing Moon Knight. Oh, my God. And stuff with, like, Loki was a slog. I liked Hawkeye. Uh, yeah. And I liked WandaVision. Yeah. But we, we, we hated Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah, we're in the same thing. Like, the obligation to watch. And now it, this is the first film, right? Yep. Where watching WandaVision actually had some ramifications on this film. Yeah, there's this obligation to be like, ah, oh, I got to watch that show, don't see this movie, and yeah, you, sometimes you have to. So obligated, in fact, that they took Doctor Strange and made him a zombie. Yeah. I know that was really popular in Marvel, the Marvel Zombies. I thought that was silly. Yeah. I did not like that at all. That was one of the what-if episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other what-if episode that I kind of liked... And because he he came into my game too, <laughs> was was T'Challa it? as no, Star Lord? No, it was a uh, Ultron uh, Vision. Yeah, that that was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, what if Ultron got the Infinity Stones? He just he's Vision, but Ultron with yeah. the stones. That's pretty powerful, right? I'd yeah. like to see that. But let's get to the scene we were talking about here. Great great breakdown too. Like I I feel you. I, I know there's. I think there's some franchise exhaust in what you just broke down i think there's some frustrations and the expectations Mm -hmm. and i think there's just you know what we want and then what we're what we're given but maybe we have to trust in the plan did i tell you last week it was feige went away to a retreat and they're planning out the next 10 years did i tell you that you did tell me that so with 30 some writers yeah the creative people whatever that looks like right one more thing about that okay if they're just plotting it out now, does that mean the way you and I have said who's going to be the next big bad they don't have figured out yet? Maybe. Again, Iron Man came out in 08 
and Endgame came out in 2019. So there's a 10-year gap there where there's room to grow. So we'll see. One more quick, I keep interrupting. But you. One more quick thing. Yeah. One, I promise this will be the last one. If you take the Illuminati and the, the characters and the possibilities that go along with it, Black Bolt offers nothing in the way of big bads. Agent Carter offers nothing in the way of big oh, bads. No way. Captain Marvel could lead to something with Kree Scroll. It could be there's some there's some stuff there, minimal stuff there. But the other two are huge. Mm-hmm. Fantastic Four clearly gets to Galactus, Doom, and the Silver Surfer. And if we get to the X Men, that's the best Rogues Gallery in all of Comicdom. To me, the X Men's the key to unlocking this whole thing. Don't you agree? Once the X Men yeah. are introduced, I think everything will make a lot more sense, like of the plan, because that opens up just so many things. Sure. Mutant registration, yeah. uh, yes. the Sentinels, the Magneto, uh, Savage Land, uh, yes. Mr. Sinister, the Cosmics, Dark Phoenix. Like uh, the, she could be the villain for the, she could be the villain for the whole thing. She mm-hmm. could be the Thanos for the next phase. Who knows? Uh, until they're introduced, it's just like I'm like in a wait and see like mode right now, right? Yeah. But so they're mad at Strange. They're saying we killed this Earth Strange because he dabbled in some stuff, and we're gonna do the same to you because we don't trust you. And man, Wanda shows up, all bloodied, and Carrie, yeah, no, sh- no, she's like sockless, it's just no shoes in this thing, stepping on glass, and I thought that was surprising. So Reed Richards, Krasinski's just like Wanda. Dabbling in something you don't understand. We're here. We're going to stop you. And man, she puts like, she closes Black Bolt's mouth, gives him a brain aneurysm. Changes his head in. Oh, yeah. And then turns Reed Richards into noodles. And then who's left is Carter and uh, Monica, uh, Maria Rambeau, Captain Marvel. And she goes through them like the She cuts Sharon Carter in, in half with the, with the shield. That's when I think Sam Raimi said, you know when you had the issues with me on Spider-Man 3 and how that mm. went to hell? If you're going to bring me back on this movie, I'm going to do it my way, and here you is think my way. I do. I, th- I think he said, you know what, Feige? If you're going to bring me back, you have to let me make my movie because Disney, a, you think a Disney property wants to let its friendly Disney fangoing people see their Captain America chopped in half by a shield? No way. Brutal. No way. Well, I think people that maybe don't realize Feige was like a co-producer on all those early Marvel films. Mm-hmm. So he like had relationships with all those people. So that's pretty good. Well, awesome, awesome action. I, I would love to do Spider-Man three. One of these days. I think the stories just production wise would like just be so entertaining to talk about. Okay. And we'll, we'll I'm down. Add that to the list of many casks. This was a great bit. I mean, I think it just that showed- might be, you know, that could be the next rot gut cast that we do we could theme that on terrible third installments of film oh, that'd be good we could do mad max we could do godfather and we could do um spider-man 3 isn't third mad max beyond thunderdome yeah yeah tina turner mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah good choice yeah that, that'd be pretty good they, they have full horror stalking murdering execution mm-hmm. you know if we wanted more from reed richards i, I think we feel like but Again, he exists in this world, so I think we'll see more of him, but Wanda's not to be trifled with right now. More evidence that your argument, she's the most powerful character in the MCU. If she walked through the Illuminati like that, yeah. you all don't have a prayer. There was a cool moment uh, when they're in the aqueduct or something under Central Park here, and they got the wall 
barricaded and everyone's just like looking at it and we do these like zoom ins on everyone's faces and we're waiting for something to jump out at us and it was the the what they built up to was just like Wanda with like devil eyes yeah comes around the corner it was so good I, I love that moment pure Raimi but they they open a, a portal with the watch was the key right mm-hmm. to the book of Ashanti it's like they're on the platform so we come in and it's before Wanda is able to to, to kill them but she takes uh Wait, how did this? How did this happen? How how does America Chavez get to the mountain? Wanda takes her, right? Yeah, yeah. So the chest, the, the quest for the Book of Ashanti has finally been achieved, and they get it, only to have Wanda come and burn it up like that. Um, there's a pretty cool bit between her and Strange. She gets the better of him. She abducts America Chavez, and they go back to Wondagore so that I'm assuming Wanda can... Extract the powers? Yeah. Probably through sacrifice. Whether that's mystical or or physical, I'm not sure, but there's some sepulcher she's been laid on. When you're on an altar, you're getting sacrificed, people. Yeah, you're (laughs) done. So the strange in 833 or wherever we are now, whatever, has to go to... another portal to try to find another strange so that they can get the book of Vishanti think, from that place. I, no, I think this is, this is still the one this is. So that's str- the, the incursion that they, they spoke about the Illuminati. This is what that world looks like. The time flux that, that he created. And this strange is all messed up, right? That's a lot like the strange from the what if series. Sure. Yeah. Dark. Yeah. Dark. I, I like that strange prove that you're real, right? And they have this story. Dude, what is it about mo- people in movies or pop culture of, I've never heard this happening to other people, but maybe it's very common, people falling through ice and dying, right? Ugh. It just happens. It's, just wonder, it's a wonderful life. Like, yeah. So many movies. Yeah. But Strange's sister fell through ice, couldn't save her. And this is what is able to tell that strange. Yeah, I'm, I'm you. I thought that was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Now, what did you think of this? This may be my favorite moment of the movie. The musical notes? The music fight? Killer. Oh, my God. Awesome. <laughs> That's really cool. I thought it was, too. Okay, so visually, so strange conjures up notes from a music parchment and weaponizes them against the evil strange? As like little daggers. And then they create like a like a music line sheet where they're blocking them, and but then Elfman's score like emanates the battle of like it's awesome. what, what they're doing. I can't, it's hard to describe because yeah. it kicks ass. Yeah, very cool visually, and, and that's what you get with Strange, right? I mean, mm-hmm. in the first Strange, we got some really cool battle and visual moments. Here, I think maybe more than the first mm-hmm. film, I think we've seen a few. We've named a few things that you could maybe just only do on film. It's just, it's hard to, to visualize, but that's the beauty of strange, right? Yeah. It's cool. You can really stretch the limits of what's possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So this, this is where I get a little, <clears throat> a little confused here. So he kills this strange. He, th- he falls out the window and impales himself on the wrought iron fence outside. Pretty mm-hmm. gruesome. Yeah. So then this guy's dark hold was just like on his person the entire time. So st- our strange uses that to now th- I thought this was kind of cool. And then just how it was, you like, oh, I want to know how you feel about it. But strange is like, I need to go fight Wanda and rescue America Chavez on Mount 
Wondegore. Wondegore. And Wong's hanging by his, like, chinny-chin-chin mm-hmm. for, like, hours from his, like, spear or his, like, rope spear. So he conjures up, I can go fight her, but you need to put your visage or dreamwalk through someone that's you in that world, and you're here. How are you going to do that? But he's like, there's a dead version of me. So he reanimates Supreme Stranger, Defender Strange's corpse to go fight Wanda. I kind of like that. I mean, it was silly. It was ridiculous, but maybe not the confrontation we wanted. But I think visually, I mean, we're getting more here, right? I mean, the demons of the Darkhold that zombie strange has to fight. I'm kind of on board with some of that. I, I really liked how it looked. There's also the problem of him reading the dark hold. Mm. Once you go to the dark side, there's no coming back. That's kind of what this is. Yeah. For him to be able to imbue the corpse of the strange they found earlier in the film that they buried on the rooftop and put his dream Walker state into that now zombified strange. He has to master the dark hold. Mm-hmm. This is what everybody's been telling him is you keep making these decisions that in the moment are for the betterment of mankind, but the long-term consequences of them are terrible. That's that's Spider-Man as well. When he's bringing back or erasing Peter from the memories of these people, like in the moment, that's the right decision, but the long-term consequences of messing around with time or realities or whatever it is, do something well. He now, and there, this actually plays out in the film, like because we get some some ramifications from this later. Mm-hmm. The fact that he is now in control or of control with the Darkhold, he's able to dreamwalk the same way that Wanda does. Mm. Interesting too that what he fights her with is a fairly evil embodiment of himself it's zombified strange now if you you take this even further this is actually working for me if you take what that defenders this is defender strange yeah if you take defender zombified strange even when he wasn't a zombie and he was protecting america chavez his conclusion on the best way to protect america chavez was to kill her so he could take over her powers that's who you're going to use in a zombified state to take on the Scarlet Witch. Meanwhile, while that's happening, Christine is left to fight off the demons from the Darkhold that have been released and are trying to attack Strange while he's asleep in the dream state. So you've got battles happening in two different levels. This is very Inception-like to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's snowy, like Inception there. Yeah, I think it it mostly visually... And how it's executed, I thought. I thought this was okay. I, I mean, the story. At Did this you point, want Zombie Strange, or would you have preferred like a not quite so rigamortis zombie Strange to take on the Scarlet Witch? I mean, if it was, I mean, maybe we'll get that down the line, like that confrontation. But it's Zombie Strange. I mean, it was it was different. I mean, maybe yeah. that's what I want too. Yeah. I don't want to see the same. I'll give you that. It was so. Very if different. it was like if yeah, if reanimated corpse Strange is coming to fight Wanda, yeah, that's way different. What did you think of, real quick, and then we'll get back to the the end of this film here, uh, Christine, Rachel McAdams, and this Earth Strange. So if he didn't get the girl on that Earth, but this Earth and that Strange is dead, it was almost like they were trying to strike up some sort of like kindling of the flame. Like, did that register for you? Did you feel that? Like, what, what did you think? Actually, I, I love Rachel McAdams, by the way. Yeah, she, she was good in this film. Yeah. No, it did work. And I love that before he leaves 
this place that he's at with Rachel McAdams, he says, I love you and I've loved all versions of you. Mm, yeah. That's hinted at a little bit with the wedding and they do have a discussion about how we didn't make it. So to revisit that and then... It's like a second chance for him, yeah. Wipe his slate clean a little bit. Mm-hmm. And they kind of have to do that for what is brought out in the post credit scene. Yeah. Charlize Theron bit. Because, mm-hmm. you know, that becomes his wife. Yeah. Um, yeah, it worked worked great for me. I, okay. I believe it totally. I think they have good chemistry together. Um, yeah. And I'm not the biggest Rachel McAdam fans, but uh, she's in a couple movies I really do enjoy. Sure. She's, yeah, she's really good in this. A couple I could list right now. I know you like her in About Time, and I know you like Game Night, too. So, yeah. Yeah, she's, yeah, she's a, a, a very good presence, but... Yeah, the zombified Strange does battle with Wanda, and it's it's pretty cool when the demons attack her, but it be, kind of becomes the America versus Wanda show. But it's not like a fisticuffs battle that you really see. I mean, it really boils down very Inception-like to just like a more poignant moment of realization. And I guess I like that too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so America blasts Wanda into Earth 8-whatever into the living room of that Wanda and Tommy and Timmy, whatever. Oh, I know I did get that right. Billy and Tommy. Yeah. Billy and Tommy. And they're watching cartoons and whatnot. They want their ice cream and Wanda evil Wanda comes in and is trying to reclaim motherhood. Uh, I thought there was some pretty good lines in here too. Like I'm going to know I'm not going to get them verbatim, but she was like, I'm just trying to be, what would she say? I'm just trying to be a mother or something. Mm-hmm. She even tells Reed before he kills her. Like, do you have a family? Do you have kids of your own? And she's like, yes, I do. And she's like, is your wife around? And he's like, yes. He's like, at least someone will be around to raise them. Yeah. There's some interesting conversations about motherhood in this film too that I think is really interesting. Mm-hmm. But it's more of a realization for Wanda that she can't have what she wants, right? The unattainable. That that reality is not what she can have. And, and you know what? That works even well, even better too is if she can't have what she wants, which is motherhood, and we've already put Stephen Strange in the paternal role a couple times, and he can't have fatherhood, they're slated on a collision course that I hope you're right shows up in a bigger way going forward with Somewhere. the two of them squaring off again. Mm-hmm. But you're right. The line that tripped me out in that is when she goes back, when they see her, and they run from her and say, Mom, there's a witch. Mom, there's a witch. Because mm. they're calling her a witch. Yeah. And she kind of snaps like, wait, I'm not a witch. I'm your mother. Yeah. And then you can see, and Elizabeth Olsen, to her credit, mm-hmm. it dawns on her, oh my gosh, I really am this terrible monster. Yeah. The road to hell is paved with good intentions. Yeah. That's at that moment too. So she, they come back to reality. And she, that whole thing, she caves in the whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wondergore. Almost thinking like that she's dead, right? But she can't be. She, she's got to. No she's got to still be around. But I think a pretty good moment. I think realizing. I think now, if WandaVision wasn't enough evidence for Wanda to realize how crazy she was, mm-hmm. or how she was grieving, I think that was the moment of. I get it, and no one else will suffer for it because of me. And just caves the whole mountain down on top of her, killing Zombie Strange. But again, he's not real, so that's okay. Do you remember the first time we saw Wanda? Mm-hmm. I think it was Age of Ultron, it right? Yep. Post credits. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. She's in it. Oh, no, no. Post credits. Winter Soldier. That's right. She's in the her in cage, the- crazily yep. spinning. That oh man, they they just never left that, and that was such a great introduction for her because she really has never gotten away from that. She's had some moments, but she's still broken. Mm-hmm. Add tragedy to that fractured being, and 
it looks like it looks like on screen in my mind. Yeah. So they destroy that universe's dark hold so that can't exist anymore. And, you know, we kind of wrap up everything and Strange and Christine and, you know, the stuff with America Chavez. We go back to what the hell's that place called? The the training grounds of the Sanctum Santorum. Um, yeah. Um, it's got a name. But America Chavez is kind of trying to learn the ways. I, oh, Carmitage. Yeah, Carmitage, yeah. Where's Ned Leeds? Because he was he was wielding the sling ring at one point. Oh too, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> they could have had something. That'd be cool if he was there. That would have been interesting. And uh, you kind of just realized. I kind of thought too that this film was going to go. Wong was going to die, and Strange was going to reclaim the supreme sorcerer supreme mantle again. But no, it didn't really go there. Mm-hmm. Instead, he just kind of goes back to his everyday life. But alas, he has a piece of the dark old with him, right? Yeah. And the final shots of the the film are him in the middle of the street screaming and then that third eye pops up in his forehead and we realize hey, this strange has got a little something extra, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's not as pure from the battle as uh, it took some toll on him. I'm okay with that. I, I'm too. willing to see where they explore evil because he's already just in the gray. Like where, where they could take that further could be a lot of fun. Marvel likes to mess around with his character's eyes from the Flurkin to Shumagarath to Thor to uh, mm. Doctor Strange. We've seen some attack of eyes in this Marvel C- MCU, haven't we? And very Raimi. I think of Evil Ash mm-hmm. and Army of Darkness. Like it came out of him through like an eye. Uh, yeah, really cool. I want to ask you this and then we'll get to that mid credit scene and then our ratings. Did you want more? Because I, I, I can maybe go either way on this. Did you want more surprises and cameos than what we got? Or did it feel just about right? Like, I don't need to see like Thomas Jane's Punisher walking down, but I might've liked to see like a Magneto or maybe Quicksilver show up again. Like her brother would have been a nice callback dealing with the multiverse. I feel like maybe there was a missed opportunity there, but at the same time, I, I kind of like that it was a little reined in because that, that can get out of control. Well, that's a tough question. Oh, I think I'm about okay with what they what they give you gave us. There's enough meat on the bone to chew okay. on it for a while. I think I'm okay with it because you know we're going to go into quantum mania sometime soon. I'm sure we'll get new th- crazy cameos in that too. But could have been we got the Spider Verse with the Spider Man coming back, and there could have been an opportunity here to show a few more things. But then your film gets messy, right? Yeah, it does. Here's one thing that I think would help. If we can identify, if we're calling the Marvel version of Earth that we're familiar with Earth Prime, if we can identify something that makes Earth Prime particularly important. Because mm. it all seems to be coming back to Earth Prime. Now that's because where it was introduced, so it makes sense that that, like the movie ends with Strange back on Earth Prime. Why is it that our Earth, which is, I believe, where we are with the Marvel characters, this Earth that you and I are in is the same Earth we share with them. What is it about this Earth that makes it so special? Yeah. And if they can identify that, then I think it's an important piece to tie all of this multiverse stuff together. There's all these other ones, but this one here is really important, and it can be something just as simple as dumb cosmic luck. Yeah. It'd be pretty good. It would help. So our mid credit sequence. Uh, so Strange just walking down the side of the street and this being appears. Yeah. 
Charlize Theron. It was a big character, right? Clea. Yeah. I know her from my game as well, but I know her from strange comics uh, that, that I've read. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, they become husband and wife at some point, but this is another dark cosmic astral plane being that you have yet to be introduced. And curious to see where they go with this. She can essentially do the same thing America Chavez can do, right? Open up multi, open up the multiverse. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, the niece of Dormammu. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, we'll see where they go with it. That's that's out there, though, man. It's powerful as she may be in your game or what you've read. That's that's. That's pretty far-reaching Marvel territory yeah, we're, there. Yeah, we're getting out there. You like Charlize in the role? Like, what do you think of that? Was that a surprise? Are we are we being surprised anymore, or is this just confusion? Because, like, you and I, we're pretty... We know our Marvel things. Yeah, yeah. Like, when she shows up, I think we're like, Clea, we get it. Mm-hmm. But, like, to the other, like, just general people, are they just, like, super confused when these scenes happen and... Just accept, oh, I guess it's something important. <laughs> well, I looked around me after that happened. And there were a lot of people on their phones. Okay. So I think a lot of people were looking at it. Looking up. at who is that? I love that when you walk out of theater, when you get to get a, drop on the conversations around. Get a vibe. And there was a couple couples that were talking about, I don't know, somebody named Clea. So at least they were doing mm. the research. Okay. For Marvel, good marketing. Maybe they'll go read some Clea comics. Who knows? <laughs> the marketing effect is always in full force at Marvel, no? Yeah. Yeah. And then we have a final just end credit scene, and I, I appreciated this too. This was just, I guess, the the Raimi cherry on top was it's pop, Pizza Papa, his six-week sentence of beating himself up ends, and he just looks at the camera deadpans, and it's over. And it's just, it's why I love Raimi's films. It's him in a nutshell, right? Yes. It was a nice just little send-off. And I like that he, one of these days, man, I'll let you borrow if chins could kill confessions of a B movie actor, it's Bruce Campbell's autobiography, but oh, cool. He talks about just him growing up with Raimi there in, in Michigan and just the shit that they did as kids and then them starting to make movies. And then they actually went out and made a movie and then that like made a career for Raimi, but like just Campbell struggling to always like be the leading male actor guy. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, their relationship, and I love that he included him, is just, it's a friendship that is a working relationship, too. So, him throwing, and he did it in all the Spider-Man film, too. Mm-hmm. So, pretty cool. I yeah, like that. It's it a is. nice touch. I, the, the, the My audience was very kind of akin to that uh, part. So, when he showed up, there was a decent amount of applause for him, too. So, That's cool. yeah, I like that. Uh, who's What was your favorite tasting note of Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness? I think we might have the same one here. The musical note fight. Mm. That that was so cool. I didn't know that was going to happen. And like, it just kept happening. Like they kept, they kept wielding different notes and different things. Like, like you, you got to see it. Cause like, we're doing a terrible job of explaining it because it's a very visual moment. I had never seen anything like that before. Yeah, me either. And Elfman's score is just like in tune with what they're doing. Marvel gives you that once in a while. Don't they like say when the Quicksilver bit Oh, God, that scene's so cool. Right? Yeah. Both of them, but the first one and the second one. Like, mm-hmm. watching him go through in slow motion what is real time. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. All right, what's your... Oh, my God! ...moment of the film? Maybe we have the same one. I'm sure it is. I got to get Wanda tearing through the Illuminati like nothing. Yeah. Yes, same one. Yeah, Captain Carter getting cut in half by the shield. And the way they show it, too, is just, like, her reaction... The shield off in the distance with blood trickling down. And then 
out of focus, Captain Carter falls down. Mm-hmm. You know what happened? It's just crazy. Yeah. I'm glad that the film went there. Me too. That's just, it's, it's a really great moment. Maybe I wanted more Reed Richards, but maybe we're for, uh, showing the power of Wanda just a little bit more than, than those guys. Who's the master distiller on Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness? For all of the criticisms we've levied, we haven't given any praise to this, and it's Cumberbatch as Doctor Strange. He's really good. He looks the part. I think as much as you said Olsen's mastered Scarlet Witch, I think he's mastered Doctor Strange. Uh, I can't see anybody else playing him at this point. No, yeah, yeah. It's a great casting, and it just it keeps paying off. They did not miss when it came to Iron Man, Wolverine, or Doctor Strange in the casting for these, did they? No way. Yeah. And that's casting's key. I mean, you know, Hugh Jackman and Downey Jr. and now Cumberbatch. I mean, I think it, it was Joaquin Phoenix was close. Mm-hmm. That's a maybe, but... They went the right way. This is good. Yeah, this I like what we're doing. I like this character. I like that they're making people care about this character that, like, who mm-hmm. read Strange Comics, right? I don't know anyone. No one. Mm-hmm. And people are, like, into it. That, that's a cool part. Man, I got to give it to Raimi. I mean, it was... Raimi hasn't made a movie since 2013's Oz the Great and Powerful. Mm-hmm. Almost 10 years. He's been producing and doing stuff. So this was the film that got him back to it. And we know his relationship with superheroes. And the last time he did it, I mean, Spider-Man 3 was a crazy mixed bag. I thought he did a great job. I mean, his flair is there. He juggles a script that is fairly compromised. But... I, I, I'm curious to see, does Raimi fit into the plans going forward for Marvel Studios? Like, mm. would they bring him in to do a Secret Wars film or some big team-up? Because I could say, yes, do it. Like, give him the reins. I mean, yeah. he's more than capable. I'm with you. Uh, so, and it was great just to see those callbacks. And you know how much I love Evil Dead. That whole series is just so important to me and my love of horror and understanding film and cinema and then it's tied into just my first viewings of those early Spider-Man. That's just monumental cinema viewing for me, as it is for you. Yeah. So that guy is just, like, I think important to us. So it was great to see see it back. I mean, when I saw it directed by at the end, I was like, yeah, it was a pretty good job. How old is he now? 62, 59, I think. He's got a ways to go yet. Yeah, I think he's got a few more left. Good. But yeah, we'll see. How are you going to rate and grade Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness? Reminder, we have our rating system of whiskey Rock gut is the worst. We have well. Call is the middle of the road. Call bourbon is. Yeah. Yeah, okay. pretty good. This might be maybe call bourbon. Uh, single barrel is special, unique. They're making one batch of it. So it's going to be just wholly unique uh, every time. And then top shelf, that's the best of the best. Those thousand dollar, dollar bottles of whiskey. Yeah, exactly. Where are you going with this one? Contrary to probably most of the opinion out there, I, I don't think this is a perfect film and I cannot sing its praises on high. However, in the moment, I was into it and it was an enjoyable watch. The scrutiny element is going to be something I think Marvel's going to have to square and it may just be an issue for you and I in here with this sort of scrutiny we put on these films. I don't think they're meant to be looked at the way you I look at them. All that being said, this is a call movie. It looks really good. The acting's pretty good. There's a story that's mostly there insofar as at least A leads to B leads to C leads to an end that kind of fits the flow of what a story should be. But there are some there's some pretty big swings and misses in there. Yeah. However, I would say for as many swings and misses that are in there, there's equally big swings and hits. Like if we say there's five big problems, yeah. I can argue there's at least four big moments. Sure. So it balances its books and 
it's a nice Weller's cauldron version of uh, <laughs> Costco special reserve bourbon. <laughs> yeah, Costco. That's the Costco version. Yeah. Let me ask you this just to give the Rye audience a better barometer of where do you feel on this. Did you like this more than the Eternals? Oh, my God, yes. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> Black Widow. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then what else? Shang-Chi? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So probably the one that's just under is probably Spider-Man. I would say it's way under that, but we talked about this last night too. Marvel kind of follows that pattern, don't they? Mm-hmm. They usually have like one really great one, two or three Ant-Man and the Wasp. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then a couple stinkers. If you take like a seven film run, you'll probably get two that kill, three that are pretty good, and two that are awful. Yeah, that's that's appropriate. They've been in a bit of a dry spell lately. Sure. Uh, Black Widow was okay. That's yeah. the best I can do. Mm-hmm. I thought Shang-Chi was awful. Yeah. I thought we both thought the Eternals was trash. Eternals might be the worst film they've ever done. It might be. Yeah. Really even worse than Iron Man mm-hmm. 3? I know you hate Thor 2. Yeah. Damn, really? Oh, gosh. It's up there. Uh, I don't know if it's worse than Thor 2, but it's, yeah, just so un- It's so long. It's so, yeah. <laughs> I got to appreciate this. Two hours and six minutes, thank God. Yeah. I mean, like, it, it was a nice change of pace. And I think that, you know, you can't but sort of appreciate the lengths they've gone to make Strange palatable. Sure, yeah. that's That can't be understated. Right. I mean, how do you make a character that's so weird and yeah. different to what you're used to in superheroes to like have people like be excited about it. I mean, that's, that's admirable. Right. Call, what you got? call plus. Oh, wow. Okay. I mean, this, this, it's close to being like pretty unique and out there crazy, but this, I think the story just keeps it back, but Cumberbatch Olsen, the acting's great. There's some great reveals. The, the Reed Richards moment is so cool. And mm-hmm. we've spoiled it on the podcast. So again, hopefully you've stopped and watched the movie. Cause I think that's a great moment. It's just whatever, if that was fan clamoring for casting that manifested itself into this film, I'm here for it. Cause he looked great as Reed Richards. Like that's who I picture now that better happen. Right. At least him in some iteration. I'll say this much. If Raimi, Wants to figure into the fold. Him doing the Fantastic Four, I think, would be a good fit for his style and his sensibilities. I think you're right. Just kind of zany, over the top, fits the Fantastic Four's conduit. Yeah. Uh, with Krasinski in the lead. Whoever else is in that film remains to be seen, but that that moment was pretty cool. I, you know, they might have an opportunity. I love that, too. Mm-hmm. They might have an opportunity with Krasinski to do something they haven't done yet, and that's star and direct. Uh, yeah. He handles the stuff behind the camera pretty well. He can do it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's it's close, but yeah, I think just the the logistics of it all just get in the way, mm-hmm. and that's just that's just kind of part of it. it. That didn't. That's crazy. That that didn't hurt Spider Man No Way Home, which just keeps getting better each time I watch. I think I've seen it four times yeah. now. God, it just get, it gets better. Uh, well, we really like that character too. You especially. Yeah. Um, but. There's just something about how simple they made that idea and how complex they made this idea. You know what I mean? It's it's apples and oranges. Mm-hmm. Next, we have Thor Love and Thunder. Taika Waititi coming back. He changed Thor, in my opinion. Yeah. That could be a huge film for us. That has the Guardians in it. Jane Foster Thor. Like, what? Is, I don't even know what's going to happen in that. Did they show the trailer before your film? Mm, yes. Yeah. Gore the God... Butcher is the bad guy. Played by Christian Bale. Oh, really? Yeah. It could be 
That could that film could be that that film could rock or it could really suck. Let's <laughs> hope that that's not just a one off, and let's hope they keep that character around. I can have a hard time believing they got him just to do one film. Yeah, but maybe that's maybe a big actor to get to just do a one off. So, yeah, yeah, we'll see. All right, let's wrap this up with our nightcap. So we've done a thing here on Rice Smile Films before. I think maybe in year one, where we gave our top five anticipated highest grossing films of the summer box office season. And we couldn't do it in years two and three because there was no summer box office season due to COVID. Um, but I think we're back, right? I mean, I think uh, Top Gun Maverick, I think, is the last remnant of delayed film. I think we're pretty well caught up at this point. Right. So I feel confident in doing this and... Let's do our top five. And Strange is going to kill it this weekend. Let's just be honest, everybody. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's going to have a huge opening. Our top five highest grossing films of the summer, five to one. Uh, And I think we got a bottle in the stakes. We did it the last time. I think maybe you lost, Matt. And I think you had to get a bottle for that next week's episode. Yeah. Um, But we'll come back at beginning of September and see where the numbers stack up. So let's do five, four, three, two, one. Uh, You do five first, and then I'll do my five. My number five, so yeah. five, five, four, four, three, three. Okay, I think number five checking in with Jurassic World. I think that's going to be number five for the summer. I'm not going to go into all these because I, I just yeah, I no, just no, think no yeah. that, that that that's fine. And the way we can address this too is whether they line up the way we say, or if even are just our numbers, our our films get in the top five. Let's do this. Let's take. We can rank them one through five, but then we'll take total gross from what they made versus and put my total gross versus your total gross. Oh, that's that sounds good too. Okay, and we'll wait. figure out what the three, what, yeah, two bottles in play. Maybe I'm just wow, kidding. All right. um, okay, my number five, uh, Jordan Peele's got a whor- another horror film coming out, and he's kind of slayed the box office a few times. Nope, I think at the end of July. Yep, I think it's like an alien invasion film, and so he's got some good word right now. So I'm gonna say some horror sneaking in here in the top five. That's pretty ballsy. Yep, I thought about that a lot. Um, the the problem with horror and summer, but maybe you prove me wrong. Okay. Okay, so number four. Yep. Oh, I think number four is going to be Lightyear. Mm. Uh, that movie is going to be in the top five for sure. How do you feel about Lightyear? I don't want to see it, <laughs> but I'm going to see it. <laughs> That's not my cup of tea, though. You know what I've heard? <clears throat> do you want to see it? Eh, not really. I'll probably see it. <laughs> yeah. Um, Lightyear is, I, I've heard that there's an opening title, uh, like scrawl at the beginning that says Lightyear is the film adaptation of the Buzz Lightyear character set within the Toy Story universe. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So this is like a movie version of that character's toy. Yeah. In this universe. Interesting. Interesting way to do it, right? Yeah. Number four for me, I'm going Thor Love and Thunder. Uh you know, it's going to show up at some point. It just depends on how good it is. If it's exciting, if it's fun. I think that trailer has a sweet child of mine in it. I mean, if it has that tone and that feel and that vibe, I mean, the first one had a immigrant song by Led Zeppelin. So if they're able to have fun with it again, I mean, that's going to be a pretty fun film to, we'll talk about it on the podcast for, for sure. sure. Yeah. yeah. Number threes. Top Gun. That's going to be number three. The question for that is going to be, 
can Gen X talk their kids and grandkids mm. into going and see a movie that is 20 years too late Almost for its own good. 35 years old. Is that yeah. how late it is? Yep. And Tom Cruise is not the name he was back then, but you know every Gen Xer is seeing that movie. So, yep, there you go. That's Top Gun number three. I got to tell you, those aerial sequences look amazing. Yeah. So on the big screen, that's like one you go see in the theater. And it's a break from science fiction too. So I think that enters, that allows an audience that we may not get for some of the Thor and strange stuff. And, and this is the factor too that I think goes into all of it. If the movie's good, it's actually good and people like it and there's word of mouth, then it like has legs, right? Yep. My number three, I, I just put it away. My number three, I'm going with Minions, The Rise of Gru. Dude, I don't know what it is. Dude, people love Minions. Yep. I can't explain it. I don't necessarily like it, but man, Universal Studios just has like so much Minion shit everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like people love it. Mm-hmm. And the movie's making a billion dollars. I'm just I'm just saying it right now. Yeah, I don't disagree with any of that. I didn't. I wanted to pick an animated quotia for my list, and I went with Minions instead of Lightyear. Yeah. Yeah. You could make the case that both of those are going to be on the list. They though. might be. Yeah. I'm not going to, but you could make the case. Yeah. It's probably killing myself because I could go with those two at, at two and one. Yeah. And probably win this because I know they're going to be it, but yeah, we'll do it. Okay. All right. Number two. Okay. I think this film this week is going to be number two. I think strange is going to check in at number two. All right. Yeah, it's pretty good. My number two, you've already mentioned it. It is Jurassic world dominion. Yeah. There's just something they're bringing the old cast back and you know, the nostalgia piece. And I got to tell you this, I don't like this new iteration of Jurassic films. I think it's stupid. I think it's preposterous. And there's a moment in that trailer, too, where uh, Sam Neill comes up and he's like, Ellie Settler, and Laura Dern goes, Alan Grant. And I'm like, bitches, we know who they are. Mm -hmm. You don't have to tell it to us. Mm -hmm. But there's something about that legacy sequel, bringing those old people back that just brings people to the seats, right? And Goldblum. Yeah, the Goldblum as Ian Malcolm. Ah, Just like the, the dinosaurs out and about. Do you want to do you want to talk about that one when it comes out? Sure. But yeah. I didn't like, was it Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom? It was no. the dino auction at the house. Oh, God, fuck, that was bad. That was a bad movie. Uh, so, <laughs> I but I think people are going to see this, right? Yeah. Yes. My number two. Number one is going to be Thor. Really? Yeah, I think number Thor, I think Thor is going to win the summer. Gosh, uh, I'm excited for Thor. I mean, I do like Taika Waititi's films, and I just really hope that's a winner because he's reinvented a character that I could give a lick about. Let me give you my argument on this. Okay. It's got the Guardians in there. Mm-hmm. It's got an opening song that feels very Guardians-like. Yeah. And it's got Hemsworth, who has taken on the more muscular mantle of dry humor, almost self-deprecating humor, the way we see it that Pratt gets. Add to it, little touch of female power with Natalie Portman wielding the uh, Mjolnir or whatever the now, hell it is. Now, what is that? Is that, the, is that a tap into the multiverse too, right? I don't know. With Jane Foster Thor? Yeah. Because what know. the hell has Jane Foster been doing since Thor the Dark World? I don't know. Interesting. Hanging out with Kat Dennings. <laughs> uh, I think that's going to win the summer. It might. Good choice. Makes. Um, my number one's this film. I think it's going to open strong. I think it's going to stay strong. And I think there's a lot to revisit there for people that want to go see it multiple times. I probably won't. But 
I think it's I think it's a good sign too that the box office is in good shape and people are willing to go out to the movies now. Everything feels pretty good. Uh, yeah, I'm going with Strange into the Multiverse of Madness. I think this thing clears at least four hundred ish million dollars. So the, that's crazy. A Doctor Strange film making $400 million domestically? Yep. That's weird. <laughs> Our contest comes down to four films, doesn't it? Right. Yep. Nope, Top Gun, and um, Minions, and Lightyear. Yep. We'll see how they do. We will. Any bullet train? Chad Stileski, John Wick's Brad Pitt action vehicle. Any thought to that? I am on board. I don't think people are going to. It's a hard R violent film. Yeah. The other one I wanted to ask you about. How do you think Lerman's Elvis plays? Oh, yeah. That's that's like an X factor, right? Mm-hmm. Again, if it's good and because it's musical, it's biopic, but, you know. People the, that liked Elvis yeah. don't want to see Baz Lerman do him, I'm afraid. I know, but if it's just like unique and exciting, I mean, if it has, that's the word of mouth factor, too. Mm-hmm. That could be in play, maybe. Yeah, that might be mm-hmm. sneaky. No comedies that I really saw. Com- nope. Comedies, the. Hard to predict, right? Mm-hmm. Something like The Hangover is hard to say, yeah, that's going to do 250 domestically. Like, you just don't know. Where's Judd Apatow been for the last couple of years? What's uh, he doing? Yeah, he's been doing uh, some, like, Netflix stuff, I know, but not, like, his typical fare. It's about time, isn't it? Sure. Yeah. This will be fun, right? It's going to be fun. This will be fun to see. And then uh, there's some fun stuff coming out in fall, too. I mean, Halloween ends. ends. Oh, my God. Halloween Kills is just... Yeah. I like that film the more I think about it. (laughs) See how it finishes up. Yeah, see how it finishes up. I'm sure it's going to be crazy as hell. Salem's Lot we got coming out in September or October. I can't wait. Um, What do we got? We got a DC coming out. I think Black Adam's somewhere around there. I know Shazam's flirting around there. Flashes next year. If ever. Avatar, Way of Water. Did you get that trailer? Yes. Dude, yeah, you, you, every, you roll your eyes, but then that movie's going to gross $1. Oh, it'll make a fortune. $1.5 billion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, there's some big stuff coming out the rest of this year, and then some small things that we'll kind of see how we can figure some casts into them. You know, it's. Um, did you get the trailer for that um, Fear Not, My Darling, or whatever, the um, oh, Francis Pugh? Yeah, the Olivia, Olivia Wilde. Yeah, that looks interesting. Doesn't that? Yeah. Like sort of Stepford Wivesy, Stepford Wives horror sci-fi. Chris twist. Pine yeah, in Chris there. Chris Pine and Harry Styles. I I think I might really be on board for yeah, that. Maybe we'll do that one too. Yeah, we might have just some small batch reviews throughout the summer, and we'll kind of build some big casks around that that tackle some more classic films. We do not have a small batch coming up though. Next, we have something <sighs> we've been teasing out for a few weeks. Did you get any email um, there, sol- answers? Yeah, there was a few. There was a few that threw out like uh, Ethan Hawke. Uh, Ooh, and he's got he's got a film coming out. So Scott Derrickson passed on Strange, and he went right into this film called The Black Phone. Yeah, which is have you heard of this? I've seen the poster, movie poster. Yeah, it's kind of like a John Wayne Gacy with like ghosts and like this. I don't know. It mm. sounds kind of weird, but it, the trailer looks pretty interesting. Uh, so yeah, so anyway, how did I, uh, yeah, so the Ethan Hawke was one of them. Kurt Russell was another, uh, <laughs> Jeff Goldblum was, was one other one, but you guys are all wrong. Uh, and I have a clip to, uh, announce who we're talking about for the next three weeks, man. I don't know about you, but I think this is going to be a lot of fun. Oh, no, stop all that. Ah, what, oh, what is it? What is it? What is that? What is that? What is that? Oh, no, not the bees! Not the bees! 
Kal-El himself. Dude, this man is an enigma. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're going to spend... We, we haven't done... We've done a few director's casks and casks around topics and themes. We've never done an actor's cast before. No. Nope. And maybe this is the first of many. Uh, Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage. <sighs> he's just kind of in the zeitgeist right now, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, he has a new movie coming out that's going to be next week's film, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, where he plays himself. <laughs> Being John Malkovich. Right? There's a whole, there's like a whole cast we could do of people just like playing themselves, which is strange to me. But this guy, uh, Nicolas Cage has an interesting career, right? Yeah. From being like, from the the bloodline of the Coppolas to Moonstruck and the Coens to action guy with Con Air face off and uh, The Rock to a bit of like schlock, right? I just played schlock, the Wicker Man remake. Mm Mm-hmm. To a bit of a resurgence. Yep. That is the I think the film that began that uh, that began that is a f- another film we're going to cover in this cast. So, the way we're going to do it, we're doing next week the unbearable weight of massive talent. It's a new release where he plays himself. Then Matt's going to pick a cage film. Then Jesse's going to pick a cage film, and we're just going to have a lot of fun talking about this guy, the personality, the persona. He was almost Superman. You just said mm-hmm. there's a rumor that he spent 150 million dollars on the dinosaur skull. I've heard that. Who is Nicholas Cage? Na- maybe, maybe we can figure it out. A national treasure. <laughs> is that what you're picking? No. Okay. <laughs> Excellent. So you got that coming to you for the next three weeks. That's gonna be that's gonna be a lot of fun. It's just maybe we'll come at the at the end of the tunnel. We're like maybe Nicholas Cage is a pretty good actor. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna get it in the zeitgeist and we're gonna get it figured out to where he ends up being the villain in some John Wick film in the future. Can't you Ooh. see that? Wouldn't that be awesome? Gosh, yeah, that'd be good. I know. I just like how. If you ever thought of an actor as like, maybe I wonder what it'd be like if he went there, Nicholas Cage goes there mm-hmm. and it's weird and strange and I'm here for it. Me too. All right. So cheers to you. Cheers to you. This was a great episode. Go see strange in the multiverse of madness. Go prove that the box office is indeed back. Um, we're ready to see movies again. Yeah. But Matt, a portal just opened up in the corner of the room over there. Maybe we should go through it and see the multiverse versions of ourselves. I'm not going through that portal. I saw the way you spin in your hands. They were backwards. I'm not doing that. They're probably zombies. Yeah, we'll come out like the fly all inside out. <laughs> no fly. Excellent. We'll see you all next week, everybody. Have a good week, everybody. We'll see you in the dark. Thank you for listening to Rye Smile Films. Be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And be sure to leave us a rating and a review while you're there. It really helps out the show. And for Rye Smile Films merchandise, go to tpublic.com. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness is property of Marvel Studios and Walt Disney Studios Motion Pictures, and no copyright infringement is intended. Until next time, cheers. The greatest threat to our universe. is you. Things just got out of hand.